sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. I think that uh, Marie Kondo is in that box. And she gave you joy, but you, so you kept her, but you just put her in a box. You should have seen the place before she got here. Does yeah. the case of Men in Speed Stick from 1998 give you joy? <laughs> it does, yeah. More, and, uh, more joy for other people than me. Everybody, welcome out to the log room. It is Tuesday, special Tuesday edition of the Log Room Sports Podcast. Tuesday, February 23rd. 2021 jersey johnny coming at you and with me as always are none other than mr radio pete and mr harry Lugnuts. say hello guys howdy hello guys how the hell are you today it's like monday night football on a tuesday wednesday night baseball on a tuesday on a friday morning on a friday morning there you go gotta love it yeah we had to uh, reorganize a couple things this week but just for this week we'll doing the uh, we're doing the tuesday the tuesday gig we're just keep done with your toes Keep it on your toes. That's Making all. Making sure you're paying attention. Exactly. That's the way we do it. And every leap year we do it on Thursday. But. Right. Once a once a, once a leap year. So it won't be for another three years. But we're uh, we had to make up for last year since we didn't start till afterwards. So we're doing it this year. Why the hell not? Mm. So anyway, how the hell are you today? Uh we're fantastic. What, yeah. Which you know, I mean, uh, doesn't get better than this. It really doesn't. Really As George doesn't. Carlin used to say, well, I'm not unwell. Yeah, you know, I, I, every day above ground is a good day. This is true. This is very true. And uh, I see you're uh, I see you're getting a little bit more organized there, uh, Pete. Yeah, I mean, in the uh, intro there, Marie Kondo was mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, actually, if you look over my left shoulder, right, you can see the I box. Mean, that she was she, in. She fell. That is the box. Yeah. Uh, she is no longer in it. She's no longer in it. Where she, is she? She escaped. Oh, there she is. There she is. There she is. She is on to messier rooms than than this. I don't in think your she, house or just uh, I elsewhere. I don't think she finished. Well, she she left a list and some tips, and gotcha. she said, I've, "There there are people, believe it or not, worse off than you." Of course. And uh, so she had to move on. You know, she's like uh, she's like the wind. I noticed. I noticed the yeah. robe has moved, yeah. and I've also now noticed there's a door back there. Yes, yes. That's, There's, uh, uh, well, the door was there last week. Right? Was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's the week a, before. The good news is the he shelves installed the door before last week. The shelves are still here now. Oh, he without out with their myriad of items. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll. I don't, what, what did we decide we were going to do? You were going to. You were, were going to. You were going to wear the robe. I was just going to name ra- random objects and see if you actually <laughs> see had if I them. had it. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do have to do a robe show. Yes, we do the twenty-one twelve kimono hour. <laughs> we can do that. We can, <laughs> we can just have. We can just have the, you got to get uh, mustaches and kimonos. We can just you have something get, like, for nothing the, uh, playing in the background. You can have to get like a Nippon Tiger's hat. I can work on that. To go nip, with your a Nippon. I don't know what that means, but it sounds. It's not that. Sounds, I don't think it's a Nippon Tiger's. Nippon. A Nippon. Okay. Nippon Tigers. Is it? I don't know. Nippon, I don't, Nippon. I don't speak Japanese, so I'm I don't not know sure. what the I really don't know. pronunciation I, I, I don't is. Know. I'm not sure. It's not the tigers, though. What are the? It's the. It's the. Uh, is it the tigers? No, it's dragons. The dragons. Nippon dragons. Dragons. Yeah. Dragons. Yeah. yeah. So get a Nippon dragons hat and uh, and jersey and a Nippon robe. <laughs> Nippon yeah. Hat, and we Nippon could, robe. Now, now would be an awesome robe show. Oh, get your nips right on. Yeah. <laughs> 
Get your nips on. We'll get Nipsey Russell on the show. Is he still alive? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe we'll get Janet Jackson. That's right. Just her nipple. <laughs> just we want to go. We want to go. Her nips. Time. Just the nips. I'm just, sure there's an isolated photo somewhere on the web of that. I bet her right. other nip feels left out. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it could feel. It left was her out. left nip that. It was that, her right nip. It was her right nip. Okay. It was her right nip. Okay. Unless the camera was backwards, it was her right nip. Well, it was before FaceTime. This is true. This is true. So it indeed was her right nip. So it's always a, uh, I would not have gotten that right on Jeopardy. You wouldn't. Well, have. I think either one of them that was shown was the right one. The, it was the correct nip. Well, it was also her right. Sure. If you want to be semantical. It was her right gland. Anytime there's a nipple exposed. Yeah. <laughs> time of the Super Bowl. It's well, the right nipple. But here's the problem, though. If we do a Could robe show. Timberlake's nipple. If we do a robe right show nipple? and we have a nip slip on this show. No nip slips on this it's show. It's not going to be. I will, only, I will only partake if there's at least two undershirts on by every member underneath <laughs> the kimono. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm gonna duct tape things down. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just so that there's pre kimono, pre kimono, pre kimono torso wrap. Just get completely dressed and then put the kimono on over whatever you're wearing. That's all it is. We mm. could do that. Exactly, we can do that. So yeah. In any event, it's gonna uh, be a spike. There's gonna be a spike in extra large kimono we'll sales on Amazon. The sweat will be pouring down <laughs> off our faces, but no nip slips. That's, That's the right. important part. So. Yes. God. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Meg. Kind of worth it. Yeah. Have sorry, to go Meg. to Radio Pete's OnlyFans <laughs> site yeah. for that. Radio Pete's yeah OnlyFans <laughs> site yeah. <laughs> And what's what's the other one? Uh, Patreon no or something like that. Yeah, but in any event, yeah, um, he has both. Check him out. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Starting new categories every week. That's every right. Week. New genres are arising, so to That's speak. Right. Every what are you drinking there, John? A little cognac? Uh, no, no, no. This is actually a little bit of a, a stout from Massachusetts. Uh, it's oh, a okay. maple coffee yeah. chocolate kind of breakfasty that thing. That sounds terrible. From Worcester. Is it from Worcester? It's from Worcester. No, yeah, from, Brady drinks that stuff. Charlton. Charlton, actually. Charlton? Charlton. Ah, Charlton. 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 Yeah. Charlton. Yeah. Nice like town, Charlton. Charlton Mass. Yeah. Good job. It's by Sturbridge. Good job, Sturbridge. There you go. And, uh, it's a good lot. It's a good stout. It's, it's, it's a good stout. It's a good stout. So, pretty tasty. Treehouse Brewing. It's really tasty. It's Treehouse good. Brewing. Treehouse there Brewing. There we go. Here's the I'll can, as a matter of fact, if you're interested. Very good. Moment of Clarity is the name of the I'm beer. drinking oh. a... Uh, Box of wine. A box of wine. It you know, you know from a really, box of wine. You know what goes good, really good with a box of wine? Box of cheese. Uh, a good can of cheese. A can of cheese. <laughs> a good can of cheese. Yeah. And a sure tube of potato good. chips. And a, a tube, in a can. and a tube of potato chips. They have a tube of potato chips there. There you go. Mm. Absolutely. So. But um, no, some. Hey, you know what? There are there are some boxes of wine that are actually pretty damn good. You know, uh, yeah, and wine is. Uh, it's, it can get a little pricey, and so nineteen ninety nine for a box of wine that's very drinkable is pretty good for me these days. Here's the thing I would say about the box of wine: it brings me joy. Does the box um, of wine bring you joy? It sparks joy. Sparks you, you, joy. It's, as long as you get the first couple of glasses down, mm-hmm. it gets better. 
Yeah, it does. Plus, you know, I really like a certain way. point where I like you could just bring the the bladder with you and <laughs> squeeze, squeeze on it. Yeah, squeeze it when you're Absolutely. on the when you're on the bus. But after a, a couple of big glasses, take it like out of the box and four dollar box of wine will yeah. taste just I've, as good as a twenty five dollar yeah, box of wine. There is you know? there is a there is a big 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 difference in for me in the drinkability of boxes of wine that cost the same, and uh, some are good, some aren't. But this is know. true. This is true. Beer Samurai from our. Uh, Beer podcast says hi, guys. He just Hello. How are you, Dave? Samurai. So maybe he'll wear his kimono next week. Uh, we can have him come on with his kimono. This there is you true. go. And he'll, he's going to have his, uh, you know, his, his beer sword. 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 Yeah, his beer sword. Yeah. <laughs> his sword. Uh, he'll do. If we, pr- uh, if we promote this on the right websites, our, our viewership we actually will triple. Little, our, our, our viewership yeah. will triple. Absolutely. Yeah. Bearlovers.com. Well, we exactly. could. We could classified section <laughs> gotta love it well right. plus we could probably you know quadruple our um japanese audience oh, okay yeah. especially yeah sure. I mean, top 10 japanese com- baseball players of all time that's what we'll do i mean just because we're in the kimonos doesn't mean we have to go all the way top back. 10 japanese rock bands of all time that's, that's a good my, my, we can we don't have to go full Ooh. rush back to the 70s we can actually play tai shan in the background and no that's no we're not doing that no that's also Chinese and not Japanese. Well, six of one. It's still yeah. Oriental, if you will. So. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, all right. Well, that uh, deals off. Uh, okay. <laughs> all righty. Maria uh, Kondo told me that it may give me joy, so I was fine with it. Maria Kondo would tell you that rugs are Oriental. People are not. <laughs> this is true. Actually, I don't think people uh, use that word anymore eastern now it's oh you, a, you you don't know john's family they it's do not, it's not an accept it's not acceptable <laughs> what's the new what's the new oriental please school me i'm i'm curious for uh, people that are asian i would asian. think asian 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 american so, yeah. years ago yeah. one of my or one of my, just them right all right one of my first gigs coming Dave's out had of too um, many jokes he's yeah saying, there you go years ago one of my first gigs coming out of uh the connecticut school of broadcasting was uh there's a company that would install these little like half watt transmitters at in shopping malls, and uh, they had cassette tapes that ran in a loop in them, and it would broadcast throughout the throughout the mall. And you could go uh, if you were driving, you could. It was kind of like uh, you turn your radio to fifteen hundred or whatever to get the airport news. It was way up high on the mm-hmm. on the frequency band on the AM band. And uh, so they would send me ad copy for the stores, various stores in the mall, and I would read it. And one was, one of the lines was, hey, do you like oriental food? So I was in my house reading this in my little home studio. And Donna looks over and goes, oriental food. Now, this was 20, 20, almost 25 years ago. We were just married yeah. a couple of years and she goes oriental food there's no such thing it's definitely written by an older white man oh, yeah man. oh god well i didn't so, uh, I, I wasn't actually aware that that was like a derogatory term obviously there's a newer you know you can you it know, is whatever the exact yeah. uh, the vernacular is People so i apologize are... to anybody that was offended by my comment i don't think before, you offended so. anybody no, no, nobody's no. listening don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I, don't I mean, know. You, if you start hashtagging Marie Kondo, we might get. They'll immediately just be like, "What the hell?" I know that's just true. Well, I haven't hashtagged. Welcome to the Logger Room, your home organization podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Orientals, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> Dave said rugs can be accidental. They certainly can. <laughs> they certainly can. Uh, all right. Hey, this uh, might be a new record. But, they, but some see. of them really tie the room together. They do. They really do tie the room together. All right, folks. That's it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say this might be a record. As, We're 12 minutes as we, in. As we offend some, some We're 12 minutes in northern and we Europeans. Sports yet. So, but and, we, guess, and we've offended some people. I mean, come on. There's no sports going on. Uh, this is true. It is almost the end of February. So there's really not a whole hell of a lot going on. But actually, there is when you think about it. So why don't we, uh, why don't we talk on a that, little bit? On that note. Johnny, why don't you strike up a topic? Topic. Why don't we talk about? A, why don't we talk a little basketball? I mean, basketball. it is really little uh, b-ball uh, kind of thing. Um, Julius Randle was named uh, to uh, NBA All Star for the first time in his career. Oh God, right to the Knicks. Right to the Knicks. Right to the Knicks. I had to jump right to the Knicks. Well, you know why I started with the Knicks? Because no one's talking about the Nets. You know why I started with the Knicks, Pete? Not on this podcast. <laughs> You know why I started with the Knicks, Pete? Because that's more interesting. Because I wrote them first on the list. Over oh, okay. Here, so that's well, K does it. come before N. So K comes before N. Yeah, yeah. Julius and- Randle listened to the powers that be succumbed to the pressure of people yelling and screaming. Mm-hmm. And he's an all-star. All right. Yeah, and he is. He's Actually, I think I guess people just voted, right? Isn't that how they're chosen? Well, no, I think it was coaches and players. Players, coaches, right? coaches and players voted. Which I think All means right. more than, you know, because it seems like the, the people that are voting are definitely, I don't know. Well, yeah, if you think about a, the popularity contest. and the popularity contest and you know, guys that are in, you go, who, who, why is he in? And NBA like, seems to, 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 to typically be pretty good, though. The people, I mean, the fans do a pretty good job of voting people in who are deserving. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, there's nobody that I don't think deserves on the team. It's always with the NBA, it's always a matter of there's three or four, maybe five guys who probably deserve to be there, but just didn't get in this year. Well, I honestly, I think Julius Randle does deserve it. He's he's playing phenomenally well. I mean, he is the linchpin of that Knicks team. I mean, they have some other good role players, but he is the guy who I think they need to keep and potentially add and build around. Yeah. On that note, uh, now yeah. I have have you? I heard somebody say the other day something about a deal for Bradley Beal, and we touched on this last week, but I, I didn't hear. I only heard the tail end of it, and it like the, it didn't include any of the guys that you want to keep. No, it didn't. In, it didn't include Julius Randle, no. and it didn't include uh, quickly. And 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 I was I don't I can't remember who it was that said it. I well, I mean, I, th- and I, think I was wondering with- if you guys had heard anything about it. Yeah, that. I mean, look, the Knicks have been tied to Beal. There's rumors, the Oladipo thing, although it's quieted down quite a bit. And now the new rumor, which I don't think will ever come to fruition, is CJ McCollum. But yeah, that's that's a big the, one now. Brad, look, the Wizards are the, one of the hottest teams right now in basketball. They, they seem to be able to beat all the better teams in the league and not be able to beat anybody with a sub 500 record. Um, Beal has said that he doesn't want to leave Washington. So, and and then I don't know what he has left. I think he's got another full year on his contract. So you're absorbing his contract and then hoping that you can sign him to another one. Right. Um, But look, if the Knicks can get a Bradley Beal and they don't have to give up Randall. um, Quickly. RJ Barrett. Quickly. Yeah. Okay. I want to hang on the question. Obi Toppin or, you know, whoever else. Uh, I think everybody else is fair game. The problem is that the, the Knicks, what the Knicks do have, is some draft picks that they can offer up, That's and 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 it just. But I think a lot of this chatter was before Washington started winning some games, and right. Beal and Westbrook 
started gelling a little bit more. Now you kind of look at it and go, why would you trade him for unless you got something? I mean, who's better in the NBA to to go to Washington right now? There's a a handful of players and none of them are going to be traded for Bradley Beal. You're not going to get Kawhi Leonard in a Bradley Beal deal. You're not going to get Damian Lillard. I mean, you, you know, so why would you do it if you're Washington unless you're just trying to trade him to get something for him, build a younger team and say, we're done and we're going to go the route of the Knicks for the next four years, have a bunch of young draft picks and hope we can get back to mediocrity. Right. Well, that's it. And I mean, Zach Levine keeps coming up in there, too. I'm not I'm not so hot on Zach Levine. I mean, his numbers are good. He, he, I just don't see him fitting in on this team the way that an Oladipo or obviously a Beal would. Now, Beal would take some touches out of Randall's hands, and that's fine. Oladipo um, talk seems to calm down a little bit, too. It's just it's not as... Yeah, I don't think Oladipo's going anywhere. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, if Washington trades Beal, you know, what, is, what does that do to Russell Westbrook? Right. I mean, you if know, he's he Russell Westbrook, I He doesn't want to be in a young team that's rebuilding. I think the fact that they try, I think the fact that they got Russell Westbrook kind of negates any trade for Bradley Beal. I, I think that's. It's it would not, seem to right. We're gonna we got these unless are they tra- two unless and, they both get traded. Yeah, well, unless they have, they want to package them up. Yeah, or not package them together, just two separate trades, and no, then they're they're clearing room and they're they're oh. saying it hey, it's the future. So Westbrook would have like twelve years in Oklahoma, but why would they want to do that? A year in Houston, yeah. a year in Washington, and then on to somewhere else. A year in Houston, a week in Washington, three three weeks in uh, <laughs> three weeks in a Tuscaloosa hotel. To, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think the Knicks are going. I don't think I don't see any big trades happening before the deadline for the Knicks. I just yeah. don't. I don't I, really see it happening in the NBA right now. Although I do think that I do think that that the Lakers are going to make a move, and if they do, it's going to be a big one. I don't know who it's going to be, but they 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 need some depth. They've lost a lot of depth getting uh, getting Davis and with Davis out. They're unable to beat any of the top teams in the league right now. Yeah. So I, I think you're going to see the Lakers. It might not be for a star player, but it's going to be for upgrades at two or three positions with guys who can play minutes. Because what we always thought about Anthony Davis is proving true again. He's not resilient enough to play a full season. He just isn't. He never will be. Hey, I don't think he's ever going to be. No. I really don't. But you, you know, you, you're hoping that, okay, he's injured now. Get him healthy for the playoffs. Get a couple games underneath him before the playoffs start, and hope that he can contribute in the MVP manner that he's, you know, able to do. But yeah, he's too fragile. It's, I mean, it's... LeBron's what averaging forty three minutes a game or something? Or played forty three minutes the other night. It's 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 going to wear and tear on him, even though he doesn't want to sit. He no. can't. He can't sit, or else they're not going to win. No, they're not. They're not. Yeah, he's got. He's got to play. He's got to be the one that's. It's that's you know. Holding, uh, keeping the ship floating, so. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think I think you're right. I think it's less and less likely that the Knicks are gonna are gonna pick up anybody at this point. Uh, there's the the old talk has yeah. calmed down. I don't. I just hope there's no more there. aging fucking run. You know, Derrick Rose type trades out there where they just. Yeah. If any, you know, we, if don't, anything, we don't. We don't need any of that. Honestly, if just anything, ride right this now, year. CJ McCollum is going to be the one that you know that that they do pull the trigger on. CJ uh, McCollum's not going anywhere. I I don't see any of these guys going anywhere. No. I don't see anything happening. I really don't. So. They, they, you know, they, 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 it would have to be a trade, and 
I mean, if CJ McCollum gets healthy, Portland's arguably in the mix. You know, why would they have one of the best backcourts in the NBA? Why would you break that up? This is true too. This is true. So, well, I mean, hey, we'll see what happens. Um, Again, what what I'm hoping for is that maybe it's the off season that somehow there's a trade that happens that gets a big name to New York mm-hmm. and breaks this cycle of people saying, I'm not fucking playing for the Knicks. This is true. Just want to quick aside, the Knicks are up by two uh, to the Warriors, 38-36 right now. So, there you go. Silence. Wow. You that. both shocked? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, the Warriors are a good team. They're not a great team. The Knicks have beaten some good teams this year. They've lost to some shitty teams. I also think that the NBA, there's a lot of teams that are finally getting their legs underneath them, like the Wizards. And I think there's a lot of teams that are finally getting their their legs are getting tired underneath them, like the Lakers. Right. Uh, you know, and then there's teams that you just can't figure out, like the Celtics. And there's a lot of there's a lot of teams hovering around 500. There's a bunch of teams three or four games over 500. There's a bunch of teams right at 500. And there's yeah. a bunch of teams three or four games under 500. There's a lot of mediocrity right and now. Th- and none of them matter because there's three teams. That, then that's who's going to dictate who wins the NBA. Yeah, right now, Randall has nine points and Draymond Green has seven at the moment. Yeah. Fantastic. So those wow, are, those are your leaders for both teams. Breaking news. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the beginning of the second quarter. So sure, it's not, sure. It's not like it's half I just wish I could have a time machine and allow Draymond Green to play against Charles Oakley. That's all <laughs> I would really want. It's like, it's just Draymond Green going up against Oakley and uh, Ewing and um, Anthony, uh, Anthony, Mason. Mason. Anthony Mason. Yeah. Then, but then we'll see how tough you know, Draymond Green. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, why don't we talk about your uh, your Nets there, Radio Well, Pete? how about we talk about the Nets who are doing something besides just kind of plodding along? All right. Well, I got, I got a question about somebody. I got a question about the Nets for you. I got a question. Well, not about the Nets, but about KD. I got one question. Maybe you can answer it. Does KD, um, I, I don't want to say does he want to compete. Obviously, he wants to compete. He's obviously a competitor. But this is his second super team. You know, and it's and quite frankly, it's better a better super team than his first super team that you know won championships. That, that won yeah, the most was... games ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, I mean, he's he's definitely a uh, an architect of these super teams. You know, I don't. Gotta, th- I gotta... don't think th- this team has to prove itself to say that they're better than that. Uh, no. Uh, well, of course. I mean, they, they, they you know what? LeBron did beat them single handedly, but the year before or the year after, I can't remember now. The they year, did. The year they, before, they did win a championship. The year before, so, he did. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure yet I can, we can say that this team is better than that Warriors team. Well, I, well, on paper, they're better. Uh, you know, on the court, Are maybe they? not. Well, I mean, if you look at it, they, they, they should be. They should be, you know, right? I mean, they they remind me of like the 1973 San Antonio Spurs or, you know, the George Gerber. I mean, it, it's just it's like. Guys come down the court, all right, and they're already running the other way to make sure they're the first one to get the outlet pass. I'll, I'll tell you what, James Harden looks fantastic, and I, I've always been a Harden fan. He's such an enigma as a player to me. He's such a strange guy to watch, and but he's fantastic. And Kyrie's been playing great. Now, then, then, then you arguably get the best player in basketball back healthy. Yeah, the Nets are the favorite. Well, this, in the is, East. this is right. This is this is really the point that we have to look at, right? Because we talked about the Nets and we talked about how they don't play defense, right? And that's going to come back and hurt them. Blah blah blah. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Well, but look at what they've done with their last mm-hmm. half dozen games, right? Mm-hmm. 
They beat Indiana. Okay. They walloped Golden State. Okay. They beat the Kings handily. Plus four over the Suns. And then they beat the Lakers by 11. Without Anthony the, Davis. And the Clippers by four. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. With both of them. No, they've, so, they've, they've beaten three out of the top four teams in the NBA. Yeah. So it kind of raises the question that maybe they are offensively unstoppable. Now, you're right. The Lakers were without Anthony Davis. But still, they had LeBron, and they are a better team even, you know, uh, the rest of their team is is improved. I will uh, tell you, LeBron I, and AD. So you kind of have to say, well, may, maybe they don't need to play that much defense. I will, tell, I, 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 will, I will tell you what's changed is that both, Har- now. both Harden and Irving are now twice as dangerous at the end of the game because they don't necessarily have to be the guy with the ball in their hand with the game on the line. And they've won a lot of close games. And when it's come down to it, both of them have played exceptionally well. Which they dur- should. During that time. Now, superstars. The, the unsung hero of the Nets is a guy who is a great shooter who's benefiting from the fact that he's always open. And that's Harris. Yeah. yeah. And if he continues to play the way he is with Durant there, he's going to take 10 three-pointers a game and make seven, six or seven of them. And that's you're going to see him become huge in the playoffs because who do you leave open? If I have to pick between Durant, Harden, Harris, or Irving to to to, to not double team or not fly out at on a three point attempt, obviously it's Irving. I mean that's that's how good that they they will be in this in this game, and they are built for today's NBA. They can play. You know, yeah. They can play the majority of the, now. Ky, Kyrie's reminds well, me a little bit of Allen Iverson. He's incredible at times under the basket for his size. But this is a team that is going to reside on the perimeter of of, of the of the court. And if they and can Kyrie, shoot the way they do, they're going to be. Kyrie loves the perimeter. He shot nine yeah. for eleven from three point range yeah. the other night. Right. So Ky- you know, they're. Kyrie, re- I mean, Kyrie's shooting has improved. Harden's. Overall, plus minus his turnovers have gone down. And Harris is the best three-point shooter in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So you're right, actually. Yeah, because he's really getting just spot-up looks. He's he is JJ Redick on steroids. Yeah, there's nobody next to him when he's getting the ball. And he's tall. And and there's and nobody can get you can't you can't get a hand at his face unless you decide to guard him. And if you guard him, Harden or Irving are gonna take you to the basket. Yeah, they they could. I think right now, if I had to pick a team that's favored to win the NBA championship, it's the Nets. I think they're better than the Lakers right now. I think they're better than the Lakers. And I think it has to come down to depth. I think that they, they can they can cause matchup problems with almost any team. Now, I do think a team like Utah, I do think a team like the Lakers with Anthony Davis there, I do think a team that has a big man presence like the Sixers with Embiid could pose a little bit of a problem, but there, there's nobody, th- those teams don't have the balance of power that the Nets have to, to out-duel. Yeah. None, none, oh, right. none of them do. The, I mean, the only thing that's going to stop the Nets is their, their, their defensive uh, woes. You know? well, and, yeah. the, and the other thing really, is, the only, really the, uh, that's the Achilles heel of the Nets right now. It's right. the only thing that's going to stop them. And, and the yeah. other thing is, can you, you have to stop them four out of seven times. Right. And I don't, 
I even even the mighty Lakers. I don't know. I think I, the best team in the West right now a, is is Utah. Other than a toss up. Oh, you well, Utah's uh, running away with the West. I mean, because they have Bogdanovich and Mitchell, and they they're both excellent shooters and create. And Rudy Gobert, his game has excelled. He's become a lot better of a player, and he is disruptive on the defensive end, but he's a facilitator on the offensive end in that he sets maybe – they maybe have the best pick-and-roll combination six Stockton and Malone with, with Gobert and Mitchell, and mm-hmm. it's worked. I mean, I watched Utah against the Clippers the other night. The Clippers were up big, and Donovan Mitchell took it upon himself to make that a game. Now, granted, they lost. The Clippers held on, but – this Utah team, Donovan Mitchell has to be in the in the MVP conversation right now. He is having one of those seasons that could potentially translate to, to a couple upset wins in the playoffs. But I think I think it's going to come down. I think it's going to be the Lakers and the Nets, and I think it'll be fun. That would be that would be interesting. I hope so. It would be definitely be an interesting series. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't put. It, I mean, I would never go in doubting LeBron because he just, especially in playoff basketball, that guy is just. He's proven a few times now that he can carry a team on his shoulders without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But I just think this 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 Nets team is just too much. If they can stay healthy, they they have to be the favorites to win it right now. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't see why they wouldn't be. But unless unless there's some sort of physical breakdown or Kyrie has a mental breakdown. This team, th- there's Kyrie no way. Right, take right. Another three but even then, they still go, got a great. Uh, they still got a great chance. Yeah, yeah. because you know, before yeah. before James Harden was the James Harden he is now on the Nets. Right, he was. He can do other things too. So right, right, you know, exactly. I mean, the can, ultimate kick in the balls in the Nets would be Bradley Beal going to the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Three. They'll just have three point guards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three, three five guards. point guards. You know, five point guards. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Durant, no. Durant, Durant. You don't need a forward. Just yeah, yeah. just boom. Just uh, yeah. just five five point just guards. Seven guys on the bench. <laughs> That's it. Just seven players. Hey, imagine that team. starting five though. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Oh, that's great. But uh, all right, a um, couple other uh, basketball uh, things. Uh, uh, what you call it? Rockets. To, Rockets released uh, to Marcus Cousins. Yeah, I've I've always thought the Boogie Cousins fascination is just overrated. He, he he's just broken down. Yeah, he's he's not the he's not the player. He had one he had one or two good seasons. Two, yeah. Um, yeah. you know he he would be one of those guys if the NBA was still big man heavy, and you needed a backup center to come in and you know log twelve minutes a game. He would be your guy for that. Yeah. But he's just not the player he used to be, and I I don't think he fits. I don't think he's really a need for anybody right now. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to look at him. The Nets um, could use him. <laughs> Why not? Nets, Nets and the Kings, uh, 54-50 right now. Yeah. 54-50. So, so Sacramento, Sacramento's making a little bit of a comeback here. That Vladdy started tonight. Vladdy Chris, we- Chris, Chris Weber. <laughs> Knicks, are, Knicks are holding three points ahead of the, the Warriors. So yeah. 51-48. Right yeah, now. the Knicks should beat the Warriors, and then they'll lose to the Bulls or somebody else that's uh, under 500. Your, your leaders right now switched. Uh, Derek Rose is uh, 10 points. And, yeah, it's because uh, he hasn't played in three days. He's rested. <laughs> He's, you know, it's like, that's fine. I, I, I like Derek Rose. I just, this isn't the future of the Knicks. He's, no. you know, he, he's, he's, he's like when Mark Jackson came back for the second time. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. But um, and the other thing too, the Timberwolves, uh, they got rid of Ryan Saunders, and they're hiring uh, Chris Finch. Yeah, well, I think they kind of had to. Well, you know, the Timberwolves have a lot of talent on paper. They do. It just seems like they always have a lot of top draft picks. Like they always have top draft picks because they always suck. Right. <laughs> it's just. Is uh, anybody going to miss uh, Pau Gasol? Oh, he's playing in Spain, right? Now. I have yeah, my, he's going, back, going I, back to Spain. I have my uh, league pass for the Spanish league, so I'm I'm set. Do you? I didn't even know Pau Gasol was still playing. I know his brother looks like he's 106 this year. That's he's one of the reasons why I think the, the, the Lakers don't necessarily seem as in it. They, everybody was hot on the Mark Gasol acquisition, and I'm just like, maybe Boogie Cousins isn't such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen, Mark Gasol is no Pau Gasol. I wonder what it's like though. He goes back there. I mean, he's he's got what two rings? I think. Yeah. I heard. Uh, so yeah. you know, does he go back and is he the respected guy who's won two rings in the NBA or? Tony Parker is going to play with him. Yeah, or or right, or is he? Oh yeah, I guess you can't hack it over there in the big leagues anymore. So you come back and. I mean, how old is Pal? I mean, he's got to be what thirty seven. I would think thirty six or thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven. And he was a, he was a, you ask Kobe Bryant who the, whose number two guy was on those that last championship team. It was Gasol, and yeah, so he's been around that long. I mean, he's let's see. Uh, for his first year at Barcelona was ninety eight, ninety nine. All right, top ten, kind of top 10 young, awkward man. white centers. <laughs> top 10 Gasols. <laughs> top There's 10 a bunch, Gasols. though. <laughs> yeah. That's probably six or seven others. Yeah, <laughs> Let, yeah let, let's draft that awkward Lithuanian. <laughs> hey, listen, I think uh, I think I won the, um, the News 12 Traffic and Weather Basketball Fantasy League twice with Arvidas Sabonis as my son. Oh, Sabonis was a monster. And imagine if he had, imagine if he was able to play in the NBA in his prime. He was like yeah. he was like fifty eight when he came in the league. Yeah, like, talk about a tank. His like He never moved laterally. No, he didn't have to. Yeah. His kid's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sabonis was great. Those those Trailblazers teams were tough. Yeah. God, I miss that era of the NBA. That was fun. Where you that could just fun. elbow somebody in the head and not worry about <laughs> COVID. I think uh, not worry about COVID. Well, yeah, this is true. Uh, this is true. But uh, you mentioned before all the you know today's NBA with the uh, with the three pointers. Uh, Mr. Barkley's not too uh, happy with uh... Barkley's great though. <laughs> I mean, well, it, sorry, go no, ahead. nobody is. I mean, no, if you're old, if you're old enough. If you're old to enough remember to remember what the NBA used to the, be, the, the, you're the, not happy with it. Then you're comparing it to that. You remember yeah. the the bird magic. You remember Isaiah versus Jordan. You remember, you know, Jordan against fill in the blank. You remember, I mean, <laughs> there's just, and look, I think that there's a chance you might start to see a little bit of that, but it's just, it's become a, it's become a, just a game of chuck them out. And, and some of these guys, I mean, Damian Lillard shoots a half court shot better than most people shoot a free throw. Yeah. So it, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. You're not allowed to really play defense anymore. No. You can't hand check. You can't box out. You can't really foul anybody anymore without you know being suspended for six games. So why play defense? This is true. Yeah. This is true. Listen, win, why even bother? Just just keep shooting. win 125, 124. That's all you got to do. Right. That's right. Um, how do we feel about fans back in the stands today? As a matter of fact, today, the, yeah. uh, there's fans at the the garden and ten percent or whatever it okay. is. I guess part of it's well, really uh, great. The other part of it is that 
Let's face it, sports crowds are going to become, or already are, fast contributors to the spread of this virus. It, but it is what it is. I mean, who cares? I mean, it's great. It's great to see people in the, in the stands. I just hope, you know, I guess, I guess we'll 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 see what what happens to it. But it's uh, right. it's it's going to be weird actually seeing people in the stands. I, I, yeah. Well, I was somebody say. I heard somebody on the radio. They were going to a game. I don't know what game they were going to, but they said there was going to be 300 people there. Sacramento Kings, that's a sellout. Well, no, it, was, <laughs> it was here in New York, so I don't yeah. I don't think it was the Knicks game. I think they're letting more than that in, but might have been uh, I like think, a, I think, I think two, two, 2,000 at the MS, Ranger the game or something like that, maybe. 2,000 at the Garden. 2,000 at the Garden, yeah. I mean, that's about right. Be, uh, yeah, 300 people in the strange. It's, it's going to be it's going to be all of the Baldwins. And uh, and Woody Allen, all of the Baldwin's and Woody Allen. There you go. Um, New Jersey for uh, for high school sports, it can be everybody's parent as long as it's only two, um, two parents per player. That's it. That's okay. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, How old fashioned? <laughs> Brooklyn, ten I mean, percent. Oh, 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 uh, technically, so technically, can't you only have two parents? Well, divorce. Four. But parents, but I'm saying. Technically, Technically, biologically speaking, biologically can, speaking, you have or to is pay. there some new thing now where you know if you're getting double teamed and you get pregnant, then there's two dads? I don't know. <laughs> We've taken a weird turn here. No, <laughs> Pete, you're an expert in this field. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> uh, snake milking, some, not <laughs> some some interesting. Um, yeah, getting no. double teamed. That, I mean, that would be. That's right. There's no double teaming in the NBA. No, you can't double team anymore. No, it's not even single teaming. <laughs> it's illegal. Anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That uh, would be some interesting. Uh, all right. Interesting. All right. Uh, Wasn't that DNA. a movie with uh, Danny DeVito and uh, it was, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Double team. <laughs> it's called. We're both. It's called. We're both your daddy. <laughs> we're both your daddy. <laughs> At the same time. Your mother, Greg Evigan and Paul Reiser. Oh God, you got to go. Well, Greg Evigan had had BJ and the Bear, so (laughs) you know, I would definitely go with Greg Evigan because he had that cool uh, truck. He never had a trailer hooked up to it; just the cab, just the cab, and a chimpanzee. So, I mean, if I was a if I was a girl. I would definitely jump in the cab with the truck driver with the chimpanzee. Over the trailer, caught in the yeah, but then the chimpanzee's involved. Yeah. You, know, and you never know at that point. No, you never know who's your dad. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, it was called BJ and the Bear. So. That's right. And Stacks. And Stacks. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were some lonely nights when that's right. just, the, just the two of them alone in that truck. and BJ and the Bear, I think that's the uh, number one uh, uh, gentleman's facility in Reno. <laughs> also the uh, I mean, number has, one has no one named a bar BJ and the BJ Bear. Come on. The bear. Come on. Uh, just, just that's a license to print. That's money a free right one. That's a free one, my friends. That's a free one. Go for it. You have my you BJ have my blessing. And the bear. Exactly. There BJ go. and the bear. There's never a ladies' night. Yeah. Well anyway. <laughs> Ladies' night is when they're closed. <laughs> <laughs> ladies' night on, uh, you know, Christmas Day. Christmas Day is late night, 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 night when it's uh, dragged. 
Oh, what a turn. All right. Well, on that note. Yeah, it's uh, a slow sports week. Come on. It is. We got to figure it out. Yeah, who, who else is talking about BJ and the Bear? <laughs> you you kind of had to expect that something like this was going to happen. <laughs> well, uh, where Top do we 10 go? BJ and the Bear episodes. Top 10 BJ and the Bear episodes. There you go. Do we want to uh, talk about baseball? No, no. We want to do a top 10 list. Do the top 10 list? Oh, right. Because it's basketball related. Because it's basketball related. There you go. I got to look at my notes here. So why don't we get to today's top 10 list? Today's top Top 10. 10. Today's top 10 list is top 10 point guards in NBA history. There you go. This is tough. This was tough. This was I mean, the top two or three. Yeah. But, you know, I think my list was 15 long. And I could argue that all 15 of them deserved on that list. And and I think there's going to be more. You know what? Cur- some current players that There's are going to be definitely honest. current players that are going to yeah. sneak yeah. into the list too. We, yeah, I think we, any, if we the, do this again, the position in the future, we'll have to do a top twenty. Really, right. have the to. position yeah. has changed, but you know, we're, we're, there's not so many great. You know, we have one center, maybe two that might make it into the center list, but but, but point guards, especially yeah. with there not being a point guard anymore, is going to be uh, really. is going to be interesting. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, Radio Pete, why don't you kick us off with number ten? Let's get started with number 10. It's a, a favorite of mine, of course. Of course. Captain Kidd. One of the only. Jason Kidd. Right there. There he is. Yeah. And uh, listen, maybe a little underrated, but uh, one of the all-around kind of players uh, in the uh, point guard game. Uh, 1,391 games played, almost 1,400 games. 12.6 points per game, 40% from the field, and uh, about 35 from three-point range, 34.9, in fact. Six rebounds a game, 8.7 uh, assists per game, which I think puts him one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth on the all-time list. And uh, 1.9 steals per game. Ten-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, and one championship. He did go to a couple others with uh, those New Jersey Nets, but they – Ran into, uh, I don't know, some guys from the West Coast. Reality. Yeah. Well, listen, it was fun, and they were, that those were very exciting teams. They were. Uh, but they ran into one of the great tandems and, uh, (laughs) of all time in Shaq and Kobe. They won a few championships on their own. Um, although he did get, uh, kid did get the championship. I think it was his last year playing. Yeah. He, he kind of coattailed in in there a little bit, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he could thank Dirk Davinsky the rest of his life. A little bit. Yeah. So, um, but uh, everybody yeah. on that team. Listen, he was uh, he was great. Uh, much better player than he was a coach, but uh, he's going to get another chance, I think. To yeah, I think time will tell on his coaching. Yeah, I mean he's an assistant with somebody now. I don't know who or forget. Um, but yeah, uh, just an all around player and um, hit some big big shots. Never afraid to take the game winner and made a lot of them too in his career. He did. So uh, one of the all-time great New Jersey Nets. Maybe the best net ever, right? Other um, than maybe Dr. J. Other than Dr. J. I, I think Dr. J goes down as a sixer in the NBA world, but yeah. Well, he was still on the net, so I mean, at that point. You know, mm-hmm. Was he? Was he? Well, yeah, I guess there's a there's an argument there, yeah. So. Yeah, he was, well, he probably gained more fame as a sixer, but. I think, I think Jason he's still the, the best. Greatest. I, I think Jason Kidd's the best net of all time. There you go. Number 10, Jason Kidd. Radio P, why don't you uh, also do number nine? Double up and do number nine. Double it uh, up. Two for Tuesday with Radio P. It's two yeah. for Tuesday. Steve Nash. Um, also kind of underrated. Speaking of the Nets. Yeah, speaking of the Nets. It's, a, it's an all-net show here. It's an all-net show. 
Steve Nash, he never won a championship despite uh, leading some very exciting and very talented uh, Phoenix Suns teams. But uh, 1,217 games, 14.3 points per game, 49 from the field, and 42.8. So 43% from three-point range. Uh, that's pretty darn good. Three rebounds a game, uh, just behind Jason Kidd at 8.5 assists per game, and uh, yeah, 0.7 steals. Two-time MVP for Steve Nash, eight times an All-Star and seven times an All-NBA. Uh, yeah. He was great. What can you say? And he had the hair. Look, 50-40-90 uh, guy. Uh, a lot of times. You know, again, 50 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the stripe. Um, good uh, quality. He was, he was rock and roll John Stockton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> Canadian rock and roll. Wasn't that song? Wasn't that song by the uh, by Willis by uh, Wesley Willis? Rock and roll, John Stockton. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, uh, I, I thought it was the uh, the Romantics. That's right. Yeah, yeah those Suns teams were uh, explosive and fun to watch. And I don't know. It's if if you didn't really have a dog in the fight, if your team wasn't in it, how could you not root for the Suns? And unfortunately, Steve Nash never got a ring, but. He, he, I think he missed he out. Like, like if it was either him or Kid. Like, they got rid of Nash, and Kid came in on that Dallas team. But Nash was, I think, one year away from still being on the team, or wasn't he almost on the year, Dallas year, team? Year it was two. A year. It was a year. Yeah, it was yeah. a year. It more than yeah. two. I think yeah. Nash retired, and Kid came in. Man, right? and yeah, yeah, exactly. So and then and they Dirk, won. I'm sure Dirk. that was bittersweet. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Dirk's <laughs> date. I don't think I don't think it would have mattered either way. No, no, they're but they're very similar players in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There you Nash go. was a little bit more dynamic, but um, and two time MVP, which was not an easy thing for you know, there's very few people like at that this position who could say they're they've won that many MVPs. This is true. Yep. This is true. All right. Number nine, Mister Steve Nash. I will take number eight. Uh, number eight is going to be rock and roll, John Stockton. Yes, there he is. <laughs> Crazy bastard. There he is. Hey, he pours yeah, he along with him. He's doing blow off us hooker's ass right now. <laughs> there he is. John Houston Stockton. I mean, if there was ever anybody perfect for Utah, it, it was John Stockton. It's John Stockton. <laughs> if, and if there was everybody, any, ever anybody the opposite of Utah, it was Carl Malone. Carl Malone, right. Although he did learn how to ride a tractor. He did. He did. John Stockton taught him. That's right. Right, exactly. Uh, he was... Uh, he was drafted uh, uh, in round uh, round one, 16th pick overall in 1984 by the Utah Jazz. Um, he was a uh, 10-time uh, NBA All-Star, uh, 89 through 97, and again in 2000, uh, NBA All-Star MVP in uh, the game in uh, 93. Two-time All-Team, All-First Team, uh, 94-95. Six-time All-NBA Second Team, uh Three-time All-NBA third team, five-time NBA All-Defensive second team, uh, and, the, and the list goes on and on and on. He's and, number 12. 17-time most translucent player on the court. 17-time. You could see, right? Look, you could see through him in the picture. You can see the guy sitting behind him. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he was uh, just amazing. His, his number 12 is retired by the Utah Jazz and by Gonzaga, too. His, uh, he retired go. as number 12. Yeah, he was the original, the OG Gonzaga He guy. was the OG Gonzaga guy right there. That's OGG. OGG, there you go. OGG Bulldog. OGGO. There you go. Um, 19,711 points, uh, average of 13.1 points per game. Uh, 15,806 assists, 
Average of uh, 10.5 assists per game. Steals 3,265. Uh, so he, uh, you know, um, still... Uh, great numbers uh, there. Just crazy. And, you know, he, uh, oh, geez. Uh, he's the only player with more assists and steals than Kidd. And Kidd isn't even close. Yeah. Uh, so. Now that may be the best point guard power forward duo. I mean, you could argue maybe Tony Parker and, and Tim Duncan. But, I mean, these guys were just inc- incredible. It was great. Watching them play. They crazy. invented. They invented an entire, you know, they invented the current brand of the pick and roll, although, you know, it's been sort of changed a little bit. It's morphed a lot, but they, yeah. I mean, they, you knew what they were going to do every time down the court. You knew exactly what they right. were going to do. Yeah. Here yeah. it goes. And they're, they're, here, they're scoring again. They're scoring again. They're scoring again. That was it. But yep. There you go. Um, number eight, rock and roll. John Stockton, Harry Lugnuts. Why don't you tell us who number seven is? Number seven is the greatest, New York Knickerbocker of all time, none other than Mr. Walter Clyde Frazier. And look, I I think that Walt Frazier gets the short shrift when it just comes to the best basketball players of all time, let alone the best point guard. And some would argue, and, and you have to be of a certain age, this was before our time, but if I could go back and watch one sporting event, it would be the game seven of the NBA of the 1970-71 season. When the Knicks beat the beat the Lakers, now you know everybody kind of, especially if you're a Knicks fan, you know the lore of all of this. Uh, the Knicks won game, what was it, game five with when Willis Reed went down. They went back to LA, got blown out in game six, and they came back in game seven. Willis Reed came out, took two shots, made both of them, sat down, and Walt Frazier went on to have one of the, I think, the best game seven performance of all time, and. Um, 36 points, seven rebounds, 19 assists, and six steals. And, oh, by the way, he was going up against Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain. It wasn't like he was playing against, you know, Bill Cartwright. Uh, This was was a performance for for the ages. And he was the floor leader for arguably maybe the best team in the the true sense of the word, word that ever played the game. This was a team that was composed of a bunch of really good players who were unselfish. And he was the field general for that. So I, I, you know, had he played on another team and maybe in another era, I think his numbers would have even been higher, but he still averaged 19 points a game, six assists a game and, and um, just under six rebounds. And was a two-time world champion. Then went to the NBA finals three times, was a seven-time all-star and a four-time first team, all NBA. His career was cut a little bit of short and, and, I would argue that maybe this is the curse of the Knicks is when they traded Walt Frazier. I think back in the day, the equivalent of trading Walt Frazier would have been the equivalent of trading Derek Jeter on the Yankees. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and, and they played against some good teams. And granted, the Knicks had a lot of talent, they, but they were they were a team's team. When you when you talk about Bradley and DeBusher, obviously Willis Reed. Willis Reed was put in a heroic performance that year and was definitely the captain of the team. But Willis Reed is on record as saying it was Will, it was Clyde's ball, mm-hmm. and he just decided who he would give it to. Yeah, he was the leader of that team, and if you ask anybody, he was the best player on the court. And I I think his 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 career was a little short. His time in Cleveland was injury plagued and probably anticlimactic. But two time NBA champion, and he goes down in folklore 
because of that performance in game seven, bringing the Knicks their first NBA championship and then their second and last. And um, I, I, I just, he's obviously a lot of younger people and even older people know him more as the, as the voice of the Knicks. He's one of the best, I think, announcers in the game. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and at the time when you, when you think of New York sports, you thought of, you know, Mickey Mantle, uh, Joe DiMaggio, maybe uh, Joe Namath and Clyde Frazier. And in the 70s, Joe Namath and Clyde Frazier ruled New, New York. York. Oh, yeah. You couldn't get any bigger than. And, um, you know, they said he was he was he was Walt on the court and Clyde off the court. Right. And I think that's I think that's really true. And um, I, 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 I he's he's one of those guys who I just think is not mentioned enough and. uh I'm happy to announce him on our list. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And don't forget, he's definitely like the, the fashion uh, forerunner to, to Westbrook. Well, yeah, well, all these guys. I mean, he started it all, you know. I mean, that's how, he got his, that's how he got his nickname. He was wearing a wide-brim hat. Somebody, uh, the Knicks trainer, said that he looked like Clyde from Bonnie and Clyde. That's how he got his nickname. Yeah. It's through his fashion. He's uh, dressing and impressing. Dressing, dressing and impressing. Swish it and dishing. <laughs> Slipping yeah. and dipping. And Slipping and dipping. The rolling Knicks were and trading and fading. That's right. He's rolling and patrolling. The patrol- rolling and patrolling. I mean, I, I got to meet him once here at a, at a Nuggets game. I, I walked down and said hello to him uh, before the game started. He was, uh, you know, announcing. And uh, he's he's just a class act. I think he's a class act. And he, he, I... You know, when I think of New York City icons, um, I think of, you know, obviously you think of Namath. You think of the guys who preceded him with all the Yankee wins. But in current times, you know, from the 70s on, I think it's really Namath, Willis, you know, Willis Reed and uh, Walt Frazier, Reggie Jackson, maybe of the Yankees. You you think about, you know, some of the Nets, the Mets players of of the the teams in 86. But really, there was there there hasn't been that sort of guy who could take over uh, as a celebrity and back it up with his performance on the right. court, on the field. And uh, he, he's one of those guys. He did it in a way too that wasn't it didn't come across as cocky or arrogant or annoying. He just did what he did. He was one of a kind. And um, I, 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 I know there's a lot of Patrick Ewing fans out there that disagree with me. But he he was without a doubt the best Nick of all time, and it'll take a lot for somebody to top top that. Uh, I agree with you. I agree. With you. I, I mean, I'll, I'll put Ewing behind him, right? Behind yeah, him. absolutely. And Willis isn't that far behind. No, that. no, he's Willis would be three yeah. in my top three. But uh, yeah, and then Ernie Grunfeld. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, number seven, Walt Clyde Frazier. Harry, why don't you also tell us who number six is? Number six is none other. Than Mr. Isaiah Thomas. You know, it's interesting when I when we were going through this list. Obviously, Isaiah is one of those guys who comes across as a quintessential kind of point guard. And my, my whole thing was, where does Isaiah really stand? And I went back and I watched some some clips of of him, and and I think I forgot just how good he was. Even and I think there was a similarity between Isaiah and Jordan in that individually they put on some performances prior to their championship years that were individually just staggering but when they learned how to do it within the context of the team that's when they that's when they became champions 
And, um, you know, I, you could argue Isaiah ruined the Knicks as a coach. <laughs> but There's a lot of things that ruined the Knicks. Yeah. Just Isaiah. But look, he's a two-time NBA champion. He's a finals MVP, 12-time All-Star, two-time All-Star game MVP, three-time All-NBA first team, two-time second team, rookie of the year. He was an NCAA champion. He was the NCAA Final Four most outstanding player. He was he was fantastic. And, and you know, I, I one of the things I respect about Isaiah is that he never he never denied who he was. He was always the guy who was unapologetically ready to sort of stand on his own and take on and maybe lose some points in the popularity contest and never sit at the cool kids table. He was, you know, it's, it doesn't go unnoticed that he wasn't very liked by the Jordans and the Barclays of the world. But are you trying to say Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan didn't go along? Yeah, but but I'll tell you what, that team it was Isaiah's team. Yeah, and he took a bunch of guys who maybe in today's NBA wouldn't even be in the NBA and won two championships. Mm -hmm. And he had a great coach. They were a tough team. He was a talented player. It was a different time. I get all of that. But Isaiah was, uh, you know, amazing. And, like, averaged almost 20 points a game, not over 9,000 assists, 9.3 assists per game, and almost two two steals a game. He, he was a really good defensive player. I mean, Clyde Frazier was a great defensive player. You could, you could talk about people like Gary Payton as point guards, but Isaiah was a really good defensive player. And that and those teams won their championships based on defense. Absolutely. And um, you know, talk about guys at that position and toughness. Yeah, undersized. You yeah, know, there's, there's a lot Isaiah, of guys on this list. You know, Isaiah Allen Iverson, Alan, Alan Iverson even Stockton and, and Nash, but they they weren't as physical as Isaiah. They weren't as right. willing to sacrifice yeah, their like body he, as Iverson and Thomas were. Yeah, he, Isaiah was on the right team. Right. Right. Because yeah. He, yeah, was he was just, he, he, he was a bruiser. Right. And he could be tough. He was just a smaller version. He was the doctor that, that, would, that would start a fight at the park. And then all of a sudden, his two great Dane brothers would come over right. and, yeah. and back him up. Yeah, um, yeah they could be I, tough because he had Malone standing behind well, him. Well, he had a better offensive. He didn't have to turn around. Malone was just behind him. He had a better offensive line than the Knicks and Jets have right now. You know, it's just. Um, I mean, they were bruisers. They were bruisers. But he also had, you know, some guys who he, I think Isaiah makes made them better. And the guy who, who's always going to be his counterpoint is going to be, you know, magic. And that's going to be who he's compared to. Sure. Um, but Isaiah sort of bridged that gap. He was, you know, he played against Bird. He played against, you know, those Knicks teams with Bernard King who were really good. He played against Jordan. He played, you know, he 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 wound up playing in a time when there was a lot of really good players and some parity in the NBA. And, and the Bulls had to go through the the Pistons, you know, yeah. to, to to really prove themselves. And Isaiah got the best of 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 Jordan early on. I mean, those teams did. And then after that, it was the passing of the guard. But it was the same thing with Bird getting the best of the Pistons. And um, the, 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 Pistons. The, the East was really interesting back when Isaiah came into the league. There were some really great series. The Knicks and and, and Detroit, Boston, um, you know, you had teams. Indiana was starting to come up. It was, it was rough and tumble. And Isaiah was never afraid to get right in the mix of it.
Yeah, but I think a lot of those those Pistons teams or those players just wouldn't have been seen as as good no. as they were seen no. because was, Isaiah was like. In other words, the Lakers not not to take anything away from Magic, but the Lakers just no. had great players. Oh, no, no, no comparison. No, no comparison. I mean, you know, the Pistons Vin, didn't Vinny have Johnson, that. Vinny Johnson was the only other really skilled player that he 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 had a bunch of guys who were good role players, but Isaiah was the finesse. Yeah. And the talent of that team. And he carried a lot of those teams single-handedly a lot of times. I I think what, what's lost on people is just how explosive of a scorer Isaiah could be. While still averaging almost 10 assists a game, he was yeah. obviously a great distributor. But he was sort of the precursor to what we're seeing today in the NBA a little bit more, while at the same time playing both ends of the court, right. which a lot of these guys don't. No, Who does? Yeah. <laughs> Very well, I think good. Iverson was the last one. I mean, I yeah. think he was the – you know, the precursor to, to Allen Iverson. And now you see a lot of players sort of like that in some ways. Right. So there you go. Number six, Mr. Isaiah Thomas. I will take number five. And number five is none other than Mr. Steph Curry. Uh, the only, if I'm not mistaken, the only current player on our list. Um, there, uh, you know, nobody else is, right? Steve Nash isn't playing right now, is he? No, Steve Nash has not played for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Steven. Although you never know. This is true. Well, he might be. He could, he could suit up, player coach. He could suit. Why not? What the hell? It's for one game. Steph I, I, don't Curry. Th- I don't think the Nets need any more guards. <laughs> Why the hell not? Steph Curry. Uh, Wardell, Stephen, or Stephen, or Stephen, Steph Curry, the second. Is there such a thing as a second? Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't that be the a wor- junior? The, wor- the worst goatee in the history of the NBA. Wouldn't that be a junior? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, is that, uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. But, uh, there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, seventh overall pick in the first round uh, in 2009 by the Warriors. Uh, obviously, three-time NBA champion in 2015, 17, and 18. Two-time NBA Most Valuable Player in 15 and 16. Seven-time NBA All-Star. Uh, three-time N- uh, All-NBA First Team. Uh, two-time All-NBA Second Team. All-NBA Third Team once. Uh, scoring champion in 2016, steals leader in 2016. That was a that was a good year for him. <laughs> 2016. That team was pretty good. Yeah, a little bit. 50, 40, 90 club in 2016. Uh, NBA three point contest champion in 2015. Uh, yeah, it just uh, the, the list goes on and on. He's reinvented what shooting in the NBA is means. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's just crazy. You know, he's, he he. He averages 23.3 points a game, six and a half assists a game, five and a half rebounds a game, three and a half threes a game, a uh, little more than one and a half steals a game uh, uh, per you know per 75 possessions he's got a uh, 25.1 points um, and his uh, relative true shooting percentage is plus eight. Uh, he's uh, he's already uh, there's already an argument that you know he could. You know, by the end of his career, he could wind up being the best point guard in, in NBA history. Um, sure. But, uh, and I think a lot of people who are a lot of younger people who sort of put value on what the game has become. I mean, there's no argument there. I mean, today in the modern game, there's no better. Game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's some people that are chasing him, I think, right now. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's a couple people riding on his tails. I mean, we talked about it. We said it before yeah. we started the list. I mean, in the next, if we do this again next year, there's going to be other people on it. You yeah. know, we'll have to do a top 20. It's, it's, it's or, yeah. you know, or, or, or the list is going to be dramatically different. Um, but a couple of years ago in a blind poll that pitted Curry's career numbers at that point against uh, Magic Johnson's uh, numbers, uh, 
Curry won on a landslide uh, with uh, at that point in their careers. Um, yeah. You know, it's so. I mean, he's headed well, in the right direction. You can't really compare because it's just a it's different, a different world. world. It's a completely yeah. different world. It's a, yeah. you know, it, it's apples and oranges. Really, really I, 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 not to dismiss Curry because I, I do think he's a, he is a transformational player. But Reggie Miller did everything Steph Curry did with people hitting him in the face the whole game. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. This is, this is very true. So anybody you know, listening to this podcast, if, go if, go watch some film. It's if absolutely you stick true. Steph Curry in the '90s, he's still going to be a great player. But I'm not quite sure, you know, he he had the he has the physical makeup to play in that era. Right. LeBron certainly would. I think even somebody like Damian Lillard would because they're a little bit more physical. But Steph Curry has just taken shooting to another level. He is without a doubt the best shooter in the history of the game, and he's a point guard. Well, let me just throw a couple quick quick numbers at you here because. Obviously, Steph Curry comes from, I mean, talk about NBA kind of royalty families, mm-hmm. right? Adele, his yep. dad, and Seth, his brother. Well, uh, Seth. Seth hasn't been around quite as much. but Seth's having a good year. Uh, career field goal percentage for Seth Curry is .002 behind his brother, Steph. Yeah, yeah. And his three-point percentage is uh, four forty-four. He's just, th- he's just three wings and two MVPs behind him. Seth is 444, and Steph is 434. Yeah. So he's actually outpacing his brother. I think uh, Del Curry the- is the best NBA dad of all time. Yes, I will say that. <laughs> you, could, you could go there. You could yeah. go there. Yeah, so um, quite, a, quite a family. Quite, quite the family. Who Del Curry played for? The, the Pacers? Didn't he? Wasn't he on Charlotte at some point? I don't know. Doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. He he. Steph's the only cur- the only current player on our list, right? Uh, yeah. He played for the Jazz, the Cavs, the Hornets, the Bucks, the Hornets. and the Raptors. I knew, I knew, it was, I knew it was, he was saying yeah, the Hornets. Hornets the most. Hornets. He played yeah. eleven. Uh, yeah. Uh, 10, he, was an, he was an All Star a few times there. Didn't he play with Grandmama? He did. He played yeah. with Grandmama. Yeah. Yeah. Before Grandma became a Nick, you know, if you look at point guards and what they become, I think you look at as far as current players go. Mm-hmm. Where's John Wall? Where's Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard's numbers are fantastic. Where's Westbrook? I mean, it's I'm surprised Westbrook didn't make it onto the list. This list. Oh, yeah. Here's a uh, one you other know. thing about Seth uh, <laughs> shooting. He's Right now, he is the, and again, the season's not over, obviously, but he is the only member and would be the sole member if he continues to the end of the season uh, to be in the 50-50-100 club. 50-50-100. <laughs> so he's 50 from the field. 50 how, many, from- how many free throws has he taken? <laughs> uh, 70. I don't know. 70. Uh, I don't know. A lot. Yeah. Probably not. Well, not enough, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that would be something no one's ever done. So he's pretty good, too. He's pretty good too, but you're right. He's he's got a ways to go to catch up to his brother. A little, wow. bit. Yeah. A little bit, and 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 will he be able to at that point? You know, so right, right, right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, is he ever going to be on a super team? The way Steph was. <laughs> the way Steph was. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you look at that first championship team for for Golden State, they weren't really a super team. They were a super team, but this was before Durant obviously got yeah, there. Yeah, right. They right. built that team. Through the draft, really. And, yes, Iguodala played a big role. And they they were a team, though. And as much as I couldn't stand them because of the style of basketball they played, 
you have to admire what they've been able to do. I mean, they they have really put their stamp on this is the way the game is played nowadays. And I think what Steph Curry to me represents is the fact that this is no longer, this was the final nail in the coffin of, of a big man being able to be dominant in this game. It, it was that golden state team was all about, we're going to, we're going to play a modicum of defense and we're just going to come down and check up three pointers. And guess what? We're going to make a really high percentage of them yeah. and we're going to blow you off the court. Well, and I mean, there are people that, you know, still insist, and I, I think you can make the argument, there's a reasonable argument to me, that Clay Thompson is yeah. even a, a better pure shooter than Steph Curry. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's why Steph Curry is sort of this, you know, he's taken that point guard who can score to the next level. And he, he is he is the floor general of that team. But he also just went when Clay Thompson's out for two years or – he looks to his left and sees Draymond Green standing at the three-point line. He can just sort of say, you know what? I'm just going to take this game into my own hands. And if I drop 60, oh, well, it's just another night. He's, yeah. he, I mean, he's that good. He's that good. There's no, there's no argument, I don't think, that can be made by anybody. There is has never been a better shooter. When you talk about somebody who's in a catch-and-shoot or create-his-own-shot type of scenario, his release, his range, and his ability to score is unmatched. And I really think that he, if he wanted to, he could just he could average thirty five a game a, a season if he really just wanted to. But he's not. He's kind of a team player, and um, the point guard has changed. You know, when you think about Isaiah to Steph Curry, it's a different type of basketball. But he's in today's game. He's there's no doubt he's the best. I would put Westbrook. Close, because I think Westbrook is a little bit more like some of the old school point guards, just with incredible numbers. But Steph Curry has reinvented the wheel. Yeah, I agree. All righty. Number five, Steph Curry. Radio Pete, why don't you tell us who number four is? Number four, Bobby Cousy. Definitely not still an active player. No, no, he hasn't played. He's, in a he's an active years. adult. He's an active adult. Yeah. And uh, I, I, certainly, I, I would say he liked to play close to the floor. Look at that! Look at amongst that. this Mr. generation, Mister T would be proud. <laughs> amongst this generation, uh, the current generation, not as well known, but um, the last guy with Chuck Taylor's on to really light it up. This is true. One of the most fantabulous players, Bob Cousy. Nine hundred twenty-four games, eighteen point four points, thirty-seven point five from the field, five point two rebounds, and seven point five assists. Uh, career averages one-time MVP, and that was, I believe, the 1956-57 season. He averaged 20.6 points, 4.8 rebounds, and a league-leading 7.5 assists. By the way, he led the league in assists eight years uh, during his career, and that was eight years in a row. Yeah, but you're leaving out the the number where that he leads everyone on this list in. Well, uh, he was a 13-time All-Star. And 12 times an All-NBA player, and he's got uh, six championships. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was a big part of all of those championships, uh, even Absolutely. with all those great players. I mean, 56, 57, um, I think uh, you had Tommy Heinsohn and uh, Bill Russell joining the team. Yep. And uh, Kusi was still the man that season. Uh, yeah, uh, you can't say unsung, but um, underappreciated. 
now I think he's starting to, you know, people are starting to forget about him, but yeah, he was, he was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I have to concur. There you go. Number four, Bob Cousy. There you go. Um, Harry, why don't you tell us who number three is? Number three is, is another person who I think is maybe more known nowadays as the guy who got uh, Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers, and none other than Jerry West, who is whose silhouette is what the NBA logo is based on. That's his picture right there. there Jerry go. West was a guy who, when you look at his numbers, they're absolutely staggering. And he played on some of the best Lakers teams ever. Uh, you know, what, let's see, what did, what did he average? Over 27 points a game, six six. 0.7 re- uh, assists, almost six rebounds, and he won one championship. He he was a guy who, much like the guy he who he won a championship with, and Wilt Chamberlain, was just he was. This was back when the Lakers just could not get past the Celtics, and uh, the Knicks sort of became a little bit of a of a um, of a rivalry as well. But he, he was just one of those guys that he was the original player who could just light it up. I mean, from the guard position, just light it up. And he was the leader of that team. And much like what Kuzi was to the to the Celtics in the earlier years, Jerry West was for the Lakers. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, he won a championship in 72. I believe the Lakers beat the Knicks that year. He was an NBA Finals MVP in 69. I think they lost that year, if I'm not mistaken. 14-time NBA All-Star, 10-time NBA All-First Team. Um, I mean, it, it, the, the list goes on and on. He's, he's, I think when you talk about the top 10 to 20 players of all time, Jerry West's name should immediately uh, be mentioned. Yeah. And he also, yeah, I, I don't know how old Jerry West is now, but he still also looks like, if you met him in a dark alley, he'd bite your ear off and then, you know, fucking bury you. And he just, he just seemed like an intense guy. He was, tough a, little pale, guy. He was a little pale in that picture I put up though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's very, he's very white. Uh, <laughs> Basketball too. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jer- Jerry West, I mean, one of the, I think along with somebody else who's going to, I think beyond this list is a guy who just was, was his numbers are staggering when you really look at him. And, and in a time when the NBA wasn't scoring necessarily 150 points a game. No, no. So scores were he, a lot lower. Right. And, you know, people argue, well, it was different then. There wasn't as much talent in the league. Well, I would argue the talent was concentrated in less teams. And so this is why it was harder to get past the Celtics team. This is why they had such a hard time beating the Knicks. Um, I, I, th- I think he's one of those he's, he's one of those guys whose his career is really, really interesting. And I think the more you look back on it, I think the fact that him and Wilt finally won a championship together was sort of telling. Yeah. Well, the, the talent was definitely more concentrated on the teams, but the, the teams played both sides of the ball back then. And that makes it harder. You know, yeah. it's like you can't oh, score 150 points if the other team's playing good defense. Yeah. You know? I mean, we, you know, we talk about uh, 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 Kyrie Durant and James Harden. Well, okay. Uh, Elvin Hayes, Jerry West, and Will Chamberlain. There you go. Just right. your, your call. Think about the numbers that these guys put up with the other teams playing defense. You know, right. that's that's what you got to think about. Right. You know, you look at this. Some people look at these numbers. Some younger people look at these numbers and they'll say, ah, well, you know, Curry can do that. Uh, Leonard can do that. Uh, they, play, they play both sides. They, they play both sides of the ball. 
They and 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 they uh, they they played physically themselves, played both sides of the ball. And when they were scoring, they had people digging them up. So, uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's I mean, you know, he, 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 had, he, he had to get through uh, Kareem and Oscar. Then he had to yeah. go play the Busher and Willis Reed and Bill Bradley and Walt Frazier and oh, you know, uh, Earl Monroe the next year and. and yeah. Yes, you know it's. It wasn't as if there was no comp, there was no competition. I think that's why um, it was a big thing when the Lakers finally won a championship. It was a yeah. big thing. Yeah, it was huge. This was a team, you know, out west. Nobody really. The, the sports were dominated by the Northeast, and uh, he was Mister LA, and still is in a lot of ways. Yeah, he is. He is. Well, there you go, number three, Mister Jerry West, the logo himself. There you go. I will take number two. Number two is the big O, Oscar Robertson. There he is right there. Uh, Oscar Robertson. He uh, Oscar Palmer Robertson, to be exact. The big O. He was, uh, oh, geez. Uh, he was a, a territorial pick back in 1960 by the Cincinnati Royals. He played on the Cincinnati Royals for 10 seasons. Um. Cincinnati Royals, uh, if anybody doesn't know, became the Sacramento Kings. Uh, just uh, if you were Royale. curious. Uh, what? The Royale Cheese. The Royale Cheese. The Royales, the, yeah. Burger King became a Royale Cheese. See, see how that worked? It was pretty good. There you go. But uh, anyway, and then he, uh, then he went to the Bucks for, uh, for a few seasons after that. He was an NBA champion with, uh, with the Bucks in 71. Uh, um, MVP in 64. Uh, with the uh, with the Kings or the Royals, twelve-time um, NBA All Star, twelve consecutive years, sixty-one through seventy-two, three-time NBA All Star Game uh, MVP, three-time MVP of the All Star Game, uh, nine-time uh, All NBA First Team, two-time All NBA Second Team, NBA Rookie of the Year in sixty-one, uh, six-time NBA Assists Leader. His number fourteen was retired by the uh, by the Kings, and his number one was retired by the Bucks. A uh, member of the NBA 30, uh, 35th anniversary team and the 50th anniversary team. Tons of college accolades. Uh, 26,710 points in his career. That's 20, I'm sorry, that's 25.7 points per game. He had 7,804 rebounds. That's 7.5 rebounds per game. And 9,887 assists. That's 9.5 uh, assists uh, per game. He's um, pretty good. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, he was the he was the standard. Uh, he was the OG triple. He was know, the OG triple double for that position. Two, 20 years before Magic came along. Yeah. Um. You know. But he. Uh, yeah. Uh, crazy. Um. Uh, cream. Uh. What you call it? Uh. uh what you call it? He was uh, quoted as uh, saying, um, "LeBron is awesome." Uh. It was Kareem. Uh. Was uh singing his praises. Said uh, LeBron was uh is awesome. Michael Jordan was awesome, but Oscar Robertson would have kicked them both in the behind. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. He says, Oscar was awesome. He had brains and he had all the skills. Yeah. yeah. And that was, and that's coming just, from uh, Kareem. Something about him, just something about great players in Milwaukee. <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> so, uh, well, there you go. Uh, number two, the big O, Oscar Robertson. Radio Pete, why don't you tell us who number one is? This fact Gee. nobody can figure out. I, uh, who it is. 
Is it Seth Curry? No, 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 it's not. No, it's uh, it's um, it's magic. Magic. Do you believe in magic? magic. Okay, well, there's only one magic. What can you say? What can uh, you say? Look, 906 games played, 19 and a half points, 52 percent from the field, and 30 percent from three-point range. Uh, 7.2 rebounds, 11.2 assists per game average. That is the all-time leader. And uh, two steals a game. Three times an MVP, five NBA championships, uh, three NBA finals MVP. Uh, And, you know, the the guy who led the league in a bunch of different categories at different times, he was the uh, steals leader two years. He led the league in assists four years during his career. Uh, even led the league in uh, free throw percentage one year. That uh, was the 88-89 season at .911, so not more than better than 9 of 10 made. Um, 10 times All-NBA, as I said, 12-time All-Star. Uh, basically every accolade there is in the book. Oh, yeah, and then uh, he got HIV and he missed four years, and then he came back in 95 and 96, played 32 games for the Lakers, averaged uh, 14 Point six and uh, five point, excuse me, six point nine assists a game uh, for those thirty-two games that he came back with the Lakers. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it was it was not the illness that kicked him out. It was just the fear and lack of understanding about AIDS, and and he was forced to kind of uh, re-retire. So, um, what else can you say about him? I mean, uh, the baby skyhook, those great series against the Celtics. Maybe the best rookie year of any player in the NBA history. Yeah, that's... I mean, s- starting at center for an injured Kareem winning game... It was, it was game seven, right? Seven, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, well, right, right. If yeah. you list his position listed as a point guard, shooting guard, power forward, and you got to kind of... Kind of throw the center in there as well. Oh, I think yeah. he, I think he earned to be called the center. Bugs Bunny first base, Bugs Bunny second base. Yeah. 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 I mean, had, had he not, unfor- you know, very unfortunately become you know contracted hiv i really i really wonder how many championships magic would have i, I would i would guess he'd have at least two more i'd say it had to be at least two yeah I figure. and um who knows what what that the, the 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 makeup of those lakers teams would have been at that time you know uh, he he was phenomenal to watch he was one of those guys when, when he first came in the league and you saw him you're just like this is a game changer he was so he was the biggest point guard you ever saw and was just so such a phenomenal passer. Yeah. I mean, watch it, watching those, watching him against bird. I mean, yeah, is, there, is, there anything other, be- is there anything better in NBA history? He did things that other so. 6.9. I don't think there was Yeah, guys just didn't do the way he no. handled the ball. And then, no. the way, you know, no. And, and you know, the, let's, I'll say the other thing. Uh, I, I think I said he got AIDS. He got HIV. Or, um, he actually, I mean, became a symbol that it was not an absolute death sentence. Absolutely. Uh, because Absolutely. survived it and continues to survive uh, to this yeah. day. So, and he said yeah. a lot of things for the community. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. just won a championship a few months ago, too. He, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he does own the Dodgers. So. He's an entrepreneurial kind of guy. And, he, and he's tried to do a lot for, for black business owners and make and allowing people to sort of work their way up in entrepreneurial situations. And, um, I, you know, you can, you can make the argument about Steph Curry and and some of these other, I'm sorry, as as, if I'm above ground talking, 
no one's ever going to beat Magic Johnson at the point guard position. It's just if you look up point guard in the dictionary, it's Magic Johnson. Well, if you if you're if you're building a team, yeah, in his prime. Say, well, who do you who do you want at your point guard? Oh, yeah, I think I'll take Magic. Yeah, <laughs> I think I mean ninety nine. Do you get the first pick? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Assume, right. Assuming you can have any point guard you want, who are you taking? I, I think love, I'll take Magic. Before we move on, let me ask you guys a couple questions. Sure. So there's one guy who I think I was the only one who had him on this list. And 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 let me ask you, there's a lot of guys who I think we, we could talk about James Harden now. The guy that I'm referring to is Allen Iverson, who were they a two, were they one? I think Allen Iverson was a point guard. Um, he, he was also a guy who sort of change the definition of, of the position a lot. But who do you think that point guard is 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 it a term that's that's kind of going to go away in some ways? I mean, is there is there really I mean, do you look at Russell Westbrook as purely a point guard? Is LeBron a point guard? I mean, is Nikola Jokic a point guard? Is anybody that's a point guard right now purely a point right. guard? Right. Is James right. Harden a point guard? I mean, does well, the, well mean, Chris, we know Chris, James Harden is a point guard. Chris Chris Paul also Chris Paul also, I think, probably deserved to be on this list. And he's another guy whose numbers I think far exceed what maybe his accomplishments. I know that sounds strange. Um No, it doesn't. It makes sense. But you know, who who didn't make this list that's that's that would make it on our best shooting guards of all time? Is Allen Iverson not top ten shooting guards of all time? Is is James Harden not? Is I mean oh, I don't know. I'm just throw, I'm just throwing it we'll, out. We'll there. figure it out when we do the top ten shooting yeah. cards. But I mean, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of players like Damian Lillard and there's a Gary Payton. I think there's a lot of this could easily have been a top I mean, you twenty. Gary, Gary Payton on your. I mean, you you did you you did a lot. I mean, I, I had a few extra. Um, Pete had a couple. I mean, there's, there's because I really looked at it. I mean, a, honestly, could have made this, a, this. This is my this is my actual. You know, look. <laughs> I, I mean, think I, between, I, I think once you get past five, it's tough. There's what, probably yeah. fifteen guys that you could have put into the, the that those last I, five spots. Yeah, and I just think the game has changed. Look, point guard in the fifties is very different than point guard in the seventies. Point guard in the nineties is very different than point guard in, you know in, since the two two thousand five. Right. It's just it's a different position. So when you when you when you go from Bob Cousy to Walt Frazier to Steph Curry, they're different animals. Yeah. And, and also, I hear uh, people talk about um, talk about they talk about Chris Paul, and they say, "Well, of the small point guards, mm-hmm. right? He's probably you know you could sit, you could certainly make an argument. He just puts up numbers, said, but the yeah, eye test yeah. the eye test isn't there with, with Chris Paul, right? And I think a lot of people feel that way with Russell Westbrook. Who are you including in the small point guards? Category? Well, I, I don't, I don't. They didn't give a, but Wait, I, well, I think well, Iverson I, goes into that category. Well, well, and pers- personally, I think. Iverson, if I'm starting a team and I pick a player in their prime, I'm taking Iverson over Jason Kidd. I'm taking him over Steve Nash. You know, that's just me. I think he was a better player overall than those guys. I think Iverson sort of fits in that role. Was he a point guard? Was he a two guard? Even when they said, oh, they moved him to two guard, he still had the ball in his hand all game long. So I don't know. The position has changed. The definition has changed because now it's, Nash, you don't bring, you don't Nash, bring the ball up and right. and and penetrate and dish it. You know, it's easy giving, to call. Right. They're giving the ball to scorers. Right. It's easy to call. To it up. It's yeah. easy to call Nash and Kid and Stockton 
point guards. They were point guards. There's no other way around it. They were point guards. Isaiah, point guard. Magic, even. Always I, and I, I put Chris Paul more in that kind of classic category absolutely, than absolutely. a lot of the other guys, even absolutely. though he does put and, up and the numbers. I will tell you this. I've, I've always been a doubter of Chris Paul. He makes every team he's on a little better. And look at the Suns this year. I mean, he's, his numbers are not he's, – he's, he's at the end of his career. But he's still – He's still putting up numbers, and it and his assist totals are right there with what you would consider a traditional point guard. He just has to stay healthy through the playoffs. Exactly. I think Damian Lillard is is if I was starting a team right now and I had to pick a point guard, there's a good argument. I mean, yes, Steph Curry's great, but after Steph Curry, I'm going with Dame Dame Lillard. Yeah, I think so. He doesn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and then you're talking about a guy. Then you talk about a guy whose numbers are off the chart, and Russell Westbrook, who everybody's talking as the next Roscoe Robertson, who was number what two on our list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he doesn't get a mention. So it's 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 interesting. I, I think this Until idea if he doesn't if Westbrook doesn't win, right? At least something. But Robertson you know, only, only had never. one championship. Jerry West only had one championship, and you know. Yeah, Russell but Westbrook were... has never had Elgin Baylor and Will Chamberlain. Right, but but there's been a lot of time since right. then, right? And not, I mean, I understand, you know, and not as much time of the NBA when they were around. You know, they mm-hmm. they were legendary before there were as many legends. Those mm-hmm. older guys. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think, yeah. and I think that's what makes Curry break the top ten and into the top five here because he has the chips. He's got the he's got the championships, you know. Nash and Kid didn't. Well, Kid Kid had one, but uh, it was you know it's it's like Gary Payton had one too. But I think he was you know the assistant clipboard holder on that team. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, anyway, it's interesting. It's I enjoyed very, this. I thought it was. A, I thought it was. A, it was a hard list. It, it was, was hard definitely. List it was me. one of the hard. It was there. There, there was a couple of a uh, couple of uh, NFL ones we did that were, yeah. that were a little difficult. But this was pretty dim. This is pretty. Yeah, this was fun I, too. It was fun. This and, is, and this is one where the. I mean, you can talk about the role of the of the center changing, right? The big mm-hmm. man kind of yeah. fading away, disappearing. The, the role of the point guard has changed, changed yeah. multiple right. times throughout NBA. Right. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be a scorer now, mm-hmm. or else. I mean, there's a few old school guys, but they're, they're not, you're not seeing them come out of college as no. being just point guards. Right. No. Right. 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 Well, and, and again, and you're also seeing that, you know, that scoring has to come from somewhere else on the team. Right. So you're seeing small forwards or power forwards who are more defensive minded, rebounding minded. They're not the big time. They're not putting up 20 right. points a game because right. the guy bringing the ball across half court, He's putting up twenty a game. Right. So. Exactly. You know, you got other guys like Kevin Johnson and Tim Hardaway, and uh, who else did I have noted here? Going back in in the nineties, there were a lot of good point guards. There were a lot. You know, Derek Harper, who you know played forever with the Ma- with the Mavericks, and then came to the Knicks. I'm not saying they should have been on this top ten list, but that next ten or fifteen, there's a lot of guys. Nate, Tiny Archibald. Tiny Archibald was on the top fifty team of all uh, top NBA players of all time. He didn't make our top 10 list. Well, and, it, uh, and when you about, look at that, he shouldn't have. Think about guys like Tony Parker. Tony Parker is another right? guy who definitely um, deserves to be taught in that conversation. Penny Hardaway, although he Penny, didn't have Penny, Penny Hardaway. Penny, Penny Hardaway played great years. Penny Hardaway yeah. plays six, seven more years and wins with Shaq. He's on this list. Like, Mark like, Jackson. You know what? Like like Mark I said, Jackson. Talk, talk about a you know more of a pure port point guard. Absolutely, that, and, and there's might no, have invented the point. You yeah, know, the back no more down. of an epitome the, uh, of that kind of 
you know, position yeah. play than Mark fat, Jackson. Fat, fat lever, you know, uh, who had some ABA time and NBA time, but was an amazing point guard. You know, I mean, there's Earl Monroe. I mean, he was kind of a point guard with the with the Bullets until he came to the Knicks and sort of became a two guard. But, I mean, he was great. Uh, Michael Ray Richardson, who if he didn't, you know, literally yeah. blow up his career – I think he's still. I think he's still the all maybe second all time in steals. I think it's I think even it's, a guy like uh, Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, you know who could turn it on with the best of them. You know for for a period. John but, John Wall. You know. Yeah, John Wall. I think it's safe to say that we could probably do a top thirty point guard. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You know, we could just go on and on. There were so many good point guards, but like you said before, like we were talking, four or five. It's very muddy. You could probably put one. You could probably put five or six of any of twenty or twenty-five people in those. Right. In those. It's funny things. because if you look at the lists on like Bleacher Report or other things where it's pretty much voted by fans, and the fans are obviously younger, it's skewed. You know, Steph Curry's number one. You know, Magic's on the list, but isn't even always number one or two on the list. It's not until you really go back and look at the history of the game of how important sure. point guard was. And I think it did directly ties to the era with the big men. I mean, yeah. even even when you're looking at Stockton, I mean, would Stockton's game translate today without the post play, the post that player being is Tony Parker? Would it, would it I mean a lot? Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy was passing it into Bill Russell. Bob Cousy was passing it to, you know, all of those other uh, I think they'd still be great players, but the, the position you were groomed to be the quarterback on the court and it's, it's just changed. Agreed. Well, I'll uh, wrap up uh, our number one <laughs> magic Johnson. Um, but yeah, that's there's There's just so many good ones. Um, I think at this point that should bring us to our, our uh, segment of old balls. Old balls. Harry, who's our old Bulls recipient this week? Our old Bulls recipient this week, in keeping with the point guard, is none other than Mr. Mo Cheeks. That's right. Maurice Cheeks, who uh, is currently an assistant coach with the Chicago Bulls, has been a head coach in the NBA Bulls. One of these guys who, when I think back to when I was first watching basketball, he played with the Sixers, the Spurs, the Knicks. I think he wound up his career with the Nets, if I'm not mistaken. He was just the epitome of point guards. Tough. He, I think he made every team he came on better. Um, he he's best known as a Sixer. He was an NBA. He was on that championship team in 1983. He was a four-time All Star, four-time NBA All Defensive First Team, um, and his his number ten was retired by by the Sixers. He's got over 12,000 points, 11.1 points per game, almost seven assists per game, and, and over two steals a game. He's just, he's one of these guys who, uh, when I was going through and sort of looking at point guards, I, he just always came up. When I think of a point guard, I think of Maurice Cheeks. And uh, he had a long career. He, he, you know, again, best known for his time uh, on the Sixers. I remember when he came to the Knicks, you know, he was he was a spark plug for, for the Knicks team. And he was, you know, definitely up there in, in, his, uh, in his career and in, in age. But he was a guy who... Um, has become it was has become a, a pretty good coach in this league. Was instrumental, I think, in working with Allen Iverson. He's been instrumental in working with a lot of other um, young players over his time. And I, I hope he, 
I kind of hope he gets a chance to be a head coach again because I think he's one of these guys who's seen the game uh, and understands it. And, um, you know, he's I, I, I just think he's one of those unsung old balls. I have to agree. There he is. Our uh, old balls recipient this week, Mo Cheeks. Balls. There you go. Um, on a note, uh, you were talking about uh, Steph Curry before and everything else. Yeah, seventy he's, tonight against the Knicks. Right now, right now, right now he's uh, he's the uh, Warriors leader right now with twenty six points. Randall's up to twenty three points. He's in, back in the Knicks. Knicks, leader, but Knicks are down by nine. Knicks are down by seven. Eighty seven, ninety four. Um, but Brooklyn's Brooklyn's barely barely beating the Kings. Brooklyn's barely beating the Kings. I was going to say of all the games yep. happening right now. <laughs> Uh, of all the games playing right now, uh, Steph Curry has the second most points. Guess who has the most points? Uh, James Harden. James Harden. There you go. 27 points. Well, if you look at it, uh, Golden State's first unit is beating up on the Knicks' first unit. But the Knicks' second unit is beating up on the, this, the Golden State. So, I mean, so the lineup of Toppin, Gibson, Rose, and Burks and quickly are, you know, plus 8, plus 11, plus 13, plus 13, plus 8. Everybody else on the Knicks is minus 22, 17, 19, and 8. So, you know, yeah. you, you oh, can say – They this, say Golden State isn't very deep. They aren't very deep, and that's the problem with them. <laughs> yeah. That is the problem. All right. Well, that will bring us to some hot stove. Let's switch it up to do a little baseball. Uh, why not? Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you the choice, Pete. You want to start with Mets or the Yankees? Or let's, other. <laughs> well, let's start with the Mets because I want to bring something up with the Yankees and get your thoughts on, and it might right. be a fun discussion. Or not fun discussion. It might be an interesting discussion. Interesting discussion, or mm-hmm. might not be. But might not. all right. Um, so yeah. Or uh, let's start with former Mets. I don't know if you read this, but uh, Scotty Casimir. <laughs> <laughs> wow, digging deep. Just I was going to say right there, you can stop. I didn't read. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Well, he's he's hoping for a comeback. Uh, minor league deal with the Giants. Minor league deal with the Giants. Wow. Speaking yeah. of former Mets hoping for a comeback, Yoannis uh, wants to make a uh, make a comeback too. Did you see that? Yeah, he's, I did. He's holding a showcase for teams on March second, and uh, they asked Sandy Alderson about it. Did you see what he said? Uh, I, yeah. I I read it. I don't remember what he said though. Sandy Alderson says, "Yeah, they're all going to rent horses and go ride to his wor- workout." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to hit some yeah. out of the park, and then he's going to kill a boar. He's going to kill a boar, yeah. I was, I was about to say, if they ride the horses there, I just hope there aren't any wild boars anywhere uh, nearby. So, But, uh, yeah, uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> Good. I, I, I wish him well, but, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, the – I hope he fails miserably. Come out to Denver. The Rockies – I'm not – I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to play know first what? base for the Rockies this year. You know, we probably shouldn't blame – You say that it, again. It was, you a cut bad, out. it was a it was a bad deal. It was a bad deal. I didn't like the deal. They shouldn't have re-signed him, and he did absolutely nothing for him. But it was the Mets' fault for for bringing him back. So, not his fault that he broke his ankle killing a deer or a, a, a pig boar, or whatever. A boar, a boar, yeah. By, by the way, the, the, rightfully so. Everything you hear about the Mets is all about Lindor. He's got a new sneaker. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's so excited about him. Tim, Tim Britton discussed the magic that is watching Francisco Lindor. It, it yeah, it, it's, and look, 
I mean, Lindor is probably the biggest offseason signing in New York sports since uh, A-Rod. Yeah, no, I have to say it is. But let me ask you a question on Lindor that you bring it up now. I, I, I'll ask you both. Um, do do they have to get this? I mean, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, they need to sign Lindor long term. All right, they really do. To make to make the season, this offseason completely, you know, for historical purposes, successful. Um, you know, getting rid of Rosario and Jimenez uh, and, and the rookies and the uh, minor leaguers that they did, you know, for one year of Lindor is not obviously worth it. They need to resign him. But now, mm-hmm. is it is it imperative that they do it before the season or can no. they wait till afterwards? I would actually wait. I, I It would be nice if they did it towards the middle or end of the season. And the reason why I say that is, Let's see what Lindor does. Let's see how he adapts to New York. Let's right. see what he really does this year because you never know. I mean, look, if, if God forbid Lindor has a, has a, has an injury and 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 the Mets don't sign him to a long term contract, right. maybe you know maybe there's a saving grace there. Well, there's there's. I, a- I, I think it will be a failure if the Mets don't re-sign it, but I think they will. I think it'll be. I think July August you'll see uh, you'll see the Mets. And Lindor sign up a lot. It might not be a super long term contract, which might be good for both sides, but I think you'll see him get five, six years. Well, the 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 numbers that are floating around right now is that he's going to be looking for ten years at three hundred and twenty. Twelve years, I've heard. Twelve years, <laughs> I've heard ten to three twenty. What did what did Tatis get? Twenty five years at Tatis got seventy five years at sixty three billion dollars a week. He is sixteen. That's what I was. That's what I was reading that this could be a Tatis like deal. I think it's going to be. I think the trend is longer term to make them happy with you know the fact that they're going to end their career there with with a total number that looks staggering, but the per year number, much like Lemayhu, much like Tatis, not necessarily. I mean, I think San Diego did it right. I think they're starting to you know set the table for what other people are going to be looking for. And if I'm Lindor, where where else are you going to go? I mean, you're in the biggest market. In, in baseball with the exception of maybe LA, I would argue New York is bigger. You know, you're, you're on a team in a franchise that's hungry for a superstar S- sign something. Right. Where else are you going to go? Well, who else is going to be able to afford you and pay you that much? Right. That leads me to this Toronto? leads me to two things. And I'll, I'll, I'll jump off of just generically the Mets for a second. And we'll get back to it in a second, but let me ask you this on that note. Let me ask you this. Cause you brought up Tatis. Is it better to sign a younger player for what for the prospect of what they're going to be able to do in the future or sign an older player not old player but older proven proven player for what he already did how about a young player that's already proven that he's worth it yeah. i mean that's Tatis to me i mean he's well, I, so two years, I, two I, years. He, he came yeah. up. He came up in nineteen, and then he played sixty games left. I, I think for, for granted, position, he's a great I player, think, but I think for position players, when you're in a market like San Diego, I think you have to commit because you're not because you're not gonna you're gonna have to build pieces around him, and and if you can get him long term, you might be able to periodically plug and place players around that player. Right. I, I think. In bigger market teams, it's a little harder, and I think it's a lot harder and maybe not so smart to commit to pitchers in, in the long term because, it, 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 look, the numbers are just there. They don't, just they just don't have the longevity they, they used don't. to. So if you can get a Tatis and then all of a sudden, you know, he might see two, three, four major signings that San Diego does during his time there 
where they're bringing in other pitchers that are that are going to be able to, to to help them win. Well, so got, I think it's a smart move, yeah, which they're already doing. Yeah, yeah. San Diego has two huge contracts right now, or more. Yeah, um, between uh, between Tatis and and Machado. I think I think you know when it's a transformational player, and then you take that that risk. Well, Tatis, yeah, I, I, Tatis is pretty obvious. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it's the same yeah. thing with Mike Trout. It was the same thing, you know, with. Fill in the blank. I mean, there's a right. lot of guys well, that yeah, are like because that. I, I think you're you're look if you think he's the guy, right, and he, he's going to be the guy, yeah. then you're looking for some consistency, right? right. And you can right rather than trying to put other teams of veterans who you know together and hoping that all the part you're going to go okay, well we got this guy, right. and we're thinking he is going to be good to great every right. single year for X number of years, and we can build around that, right? Right. So yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, yeah, you can get burned. Everybody can get burned. In but normal, you can bring in a veteran and and pay right. him thirty five million, and, and in a market great, and he can get hurt too. And in but a mark, and in a market like San Diego, right. you got to in normal times, you got to fill seats. You have to because there's no guarantee. That San Diego is not the kind of market where if they're not playing good ball, they they sell out that stadium. So that you got to no. earn the money to be. So if they signed a Trevor Bauer, it would not have the impact the marketability to get to sell season tickets that it does for a Tatis. It's just, yeah. it's a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and he's and, perfect to get young people yeah. into the, into the stands. And you've also got to compete on the field with yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you the know. Dodgers, complete opposite. And, and, and they don't, don't get long-term to anybody, although they did, I guess, when you, when you look at yeah. Mookie Betts. Yeah. But Mookie Betts is another guy. And no, you're, no you brainer. Know, you're, you're fighting for uh, for young fans too. Yeah, yeah, you are. You know, you, you got kids that are just starting to love baseball, or who are going to pick who's their favorite team, and or yeah, kids who have never watched baseball, right. right? And a lot of it's geographic, of course. But sure. boy, I you mean, could fall in love with a guy like Tatis. Even if well, in LA, you, you got, got a lot more sports to compete with. In San Diego, there's nothing else, right? I mean, I mean, LA is. You don't LA even have the Chargers anymore. Not yeah. so far from San Diego that you couldn't no. live there. And but, be it is, a San but it Diego is very fan. different. And San Diego is. No, it is. Know, yeah. But I'm saying, for, you know, Tatis is the kind of guy that. Right. You, you might live in LA, but you might be a San Diego fan because of him. Right. You know, so. Um, based, getting back to the Mets, Lindor. They need to sign two big contracts this year. They need to sign Lindor and they need to sign uh, Conforta. We, we've been talking about that before. Um, based on that, if now, hopefully, you know, for Mets fans' sake, for the Mets' sake, for them, for for everybody's sake, they're able to sign both of them. Um, if they were only able to sign one, who is the which one of those two would you would you want to see them sign? Lindor, Lindor, yeah, Pete? yeah, Lindor. And Lindor I think is that good. Conforto, Conforto is to your point. He hasn't proven himself as much. I agree. But I, I will think you wait till the end of the season to sign. Well, Conforto yeah. Well, too. well, Conforto's not going to sign because his agent is Scott Boris, and Scott Boris always takes everybody to free agents. All right. So, so that's so that's done. okay. Fine. But uh, so but you know, if they're going to sign Conforto, they're, he's going to go out and get what deals he can and come back and say, "Hey, you want to?" If, if you're me? if you're yeah. the Mets, you, the best thing that you could hope for is a good season where Conforto's numbers are down a little bit. Right. You know, yeah, a good season. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, though. Here's the caveat there. Let me, let me just bring this up. I, I agree with both of you, but here's the caveat there. Um, Conforto is their best outfielder. Okay. Conforto is one of their best players. He's the Long, longest term he's, position, their own, he's their only outfielder. Longest term. Well, yeah, yeah. Longest term. <laughs> longest tenured player on the team. That's right. Longest tenured. Longest, and he's young. 
longest tenured non-pitcher, longest tenured position player on the team. Right. Um, and he's still young. He's still in his his late twenties, and not yeah. even late late twenties. Twenty seven. Twenty six. Right? Twenty six. Twenty seven. I think he's going to be twenty eight. But um, in any event, all right. Um, there are there are a number of outfielders out there if you and and moving around. But like as you just said, he's their only outfielder. Lindor. Not that you don't want to sign him. Of course they want to sign him, and I'm sure that they're going to be able to, or at least put up a damn good fight trying to. But there are other uh, sh- shortstops coming out and co- entering free agency after this year, and you know one's <laughs> one's right by you, Harry. Yeah, um, yeah. Stories coming out. Uh, Correa, Seager, they're all going to be free agency after this year. So if for some reason something happens where you cannot re-sign Lindor. You have other options, you know. You can go out and sign a uh, Trevor Story, or or a, a Correa or a Seager. So you're but, saying uh, there's no other outfielders like Conforto out there? No, there are, but you know what? At the at the level, you know, how many of those shortstops hit like Lindor? I mean, Conforto's a Trevor Story's actually rated right now above Lindor as far as Tre- uh, Trevor, Trevor Story is a really he, he's, one. He's, he won't be on the Rockies. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I look. I I'll be honest with you. I think a guy who might not necessarily be a natural shortstop, but I'm not so sure in what I hear from the Yankees that Glaber Torres is definitively going to be on is is a is a non trade no way no how type of guy. If the Yankees could pull off a trade with the Mets or or could sign a Lindor, I think they will. I, th- I think they would. Maybe they would. I think Lindor's is look. He's a special offensive talent at a position that. Doesn't have a lot of that, right? And he's, and he's an excellent, def- and he's a true shortstop. He's a true yeah, shortstop. He's a he's a he's great, Aussie, he's Aussie, he's, he's Aussie Smith and a young Alex Rodriguez mixed together with maybe yeah. not the power so so much, but and I certainly hope they sign both of them and and Conforto's going to test the waters in free agency and come back. And I hope he has. I hope he has a good season. And I hope yeah. the Mets have a good season and he wants to come back. But if I got to replace one of them, I think it's easier to replace Conforto Absolutely. or get somebody it close, is easier to, it's close not even to Conforto close. than it is to Lindor. It's not even yeah. close. I mean, Conforto's a good player. He's not the best player in the league at his position. Right. You know, other than Mookie Betts and Mike Trout, who's better than Lindor? I mean, Tatis. He, Lindor's a top five player in major in baseball, right? Top yeah. 10? Top, top, five? Five. top five? Top five. Top five. Top eight. Top eight. Yeah, <laughs> tough. Seven Michael Conforto's not. No, no, he's not. So, um, one more thing on the Mets. Uh, the uh, the Bauer saga on Twitter continues. Last week, <laughs> he, last week, he's such Cind- an asshole, isn't last he? Last week it was Syndergaard going back and forth with him. Now yeah. it's Marcus Stroman's going back and forth with him yeah. now too. So, I, it's it's going to be really interesting anytime the Mets play the Dodgers this year and and Bauer pitches. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> seems really thin skinned. I think this uh, is, is why the Yankees did not go after him. I, I really, I really think when it, when push comes to shove, now you could say what you want about some recent actions on the Yankees, and, and they're dealing with that right now. But I, I think the Yankees do still have a little bit of a filter when it comes to that. You know, just what is what is what's their mindset? What is the what is the player's mindset, and where are they at? Yeah. And um, I mean, Bauer's putting himself in a position where he better fucking have a good year. Yeah, he's because, becoming less and less likable, right. and not just by disgruntled Met fans, right? And, and all he's doing is 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 getting guys riled up to face him, and uh, you don't you don't think 
You don't think now that he's in the National League that somebody's going to brush him back? Yeah. Although, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm he's, drifting farther and farther away from the, the belief that he was really just playing the Mets to get to the Dodgers. I, I really don't think that is, is the case. I, I, I think he, I think he wanted to play for the Mets, but the Dodgers offered him stuff that the Mets wouldn't. And, and, and the he whole, can, and he could be he, home too. Yeah. And the whole uh, autographed hat thing, supposedly that was, that was never supposed to be seen. Right. Who knows? Which, if you, uh, which, if you believe that, which I do, that would, to me, back up the case that he wanted to be with the Mets. In other words, he was planning to have autographed Mets hats, thinking he wanted to sign with the Mets. Right. He wasn't planning to do that with the Dodgers, but the Dodgers just gave him a better deal. Yeah. So I, he, I might be wrong. He might have been totally I, – I don't think he was. I, I, I think he, would, he went where the money is. He went the money. He's he not the, the first money. guy to do it. He went the money. I mean, it, wasn't much, it wasn't much of a difference. No, but, but the opt out was big too. The opt out, the opt out. He can do whatever he wants every I mean, year of the contest. If you're looking at it from his standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't, I don't think he's the number one, and he wouldn't have been on the Mets either. But he's going to a place where he's got an immediate chance to win a championship. Sure. Well, that's another thing too. There's right. another issue right there. Right. And as far as the as far as the Twitter thing last week with Syndergaard goes, Rachel Luba actually got involved in it too. She. Uh, she uh, tweeted a couple things back at uh, Noah Syndergaard as well. I mean, like, you know what? So, yeah, well, you know, at that point, it was – you were you, they were take, so burnt. Syndergaard take, burnt take them these, so badly. Take, yeah. take, take these guys' phones away. Yeah. Take these guys' phones away. You got to love it. That, that's, I think it's fun, but Syndergaard burned them. Just, he did. He did. There's, there's no reply to that. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah? Well. <laughs> same to you. Yeah, um, why don't you take your shirt off again? You know. Like, yeah, that, that's what he was saying. He was talking about his shirt. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I think your you... I think your wife likes it when I take my shirt off. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's switch it up to he's, the Yankees. Yeah, he's ballsy though. Syndergaard is. Syndergaard's very ballsy. He's, oh, he's I mean, he's he could he's over the line a little bit, but uh, but he, he he's pushing it. He's pushing. He it. could he become. Just goes if over, he backs up a little bit. That's if he doesn't pitch well, he could become kind of unlikable too. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, let's switch it up to the Yankees. Uh, I know you had something you want to mention. I'll just throw it out there. Uh, uh, oh. They announced they announced the opening day starter for the Yankees, Garrett Cole. What a is surprise! That, is that a oh, shock? Man. <laughs> yeah. Just one of the things. Number, number two through five is up for grabs. Though. I was going to say, well, just, the, 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 the game to... two starter is Garrett Cole, and the game three starter is uh, is um, Glaber Torres. Glaber I Torres. Wanna, John, I want to ask you one more thing about the Mets. Are you happy with the Walker signing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I am. I would have. I would have preferred uh, Jake Odorizzi, but I mean, they're kind of, uh, you know, uh, they're not too different, you know, as far as their uh, as far as their numbers. So I'm 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 happy they got another get uh, they got another arm. Yeah, the I also heard the Mets uh, sign Larry, Larry Walker. I also heard they're talking Neil about. Uh, I, I don't think they're seriously considering it, but there was Taiwan Walker six man rotation. Six man I think a lot of teams are considering that. Why, very not? Interesting. Why not? Very interesting. That would be good. I mean, because that because you can have uh, uh, um, Joey Lucchese uh, pitching, and he could put him back in the bullpen when uh, Syndergaard comes back. You could have a six-man rotation, and if you do mm-hmm. that. I think All the right, Nets are the, the one team that don't need a six-team. The Nets should go with a five-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the Dodgers, could, the Dodgers the could go with a seven- or eight-man rotation. Well, the it. Yankees should go with a two-man rotation <laughs> if Whitey Ford defi- decides to come back from the well, grid. Well, Whitey, Whitey can be the third starter. I mean, yeah. you know, they can uh, – There's not much, they, with, they, there's they're, not they're, much uh, with the Yankees. Knicks are down by three. 
Yeah. Make sure they're coming back. So, and uh, Brooklyn is uh, taking care of business. Look, right. here's the one thing I am hearing out here in Denver is that supposedly the Yankees are knocking on, on Trevor Story's door. The Yankees are hot on Trevor Story. There's something going on with Labor Torres that I don't think the Yankees are liking what they see in the offseason. And yet they didn't want to trade him to uh, – Well, because uh, he's Cincinnati. got some good – because he's got some good value. Yeah. Well, I think the Yankees are discovering the Denver or the uh, Colorado pipeline. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> They're like, no one else is. I always said it three, three, four, three years ago. Three but years the way, the way the Rockies had the best infield in baseball. The way the Rockies are giving up everybody, they'll probably do a straight up trade story for Gilbert Torres. Yeah, just give it to <laughs> You know, <laughs> here, take him. <laughs> get, um, get, get cut. Yeah. And Ian Desmond opted out for this year, too. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. He hasn't played in two years, huh? He didn't play last year. Yeah, it'll be his second year he didn't play. He would be a good fit on the Mets. Yeah. Or any other. I, he's, a, he's a good player, Ian Desmond. Yeah. yeah. He's a good guy he's to have. He's a good outfielder. He's good. He would be your – he would be maybe be, – he would definitely start in your outfield on the Mets. Yeah, he would start. Yeah. So, hey, well, we'll see what happens with all of that. Um, what was your question on the Yankees? The thing I wanted to ask you about was um, Domingo Hedermann. Donnie, okay. Donnie German to his friends. Donnie German. That's what, what, Prime, what, 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 what Prime and I call him when we're Don, all hanging Donnie out German. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, apparently he's you know been welcomed back by Yankees management, right? They've had a couple of uh, meetings. Uh, you had was it Zach uh, Britton who Zach Britton yeah. had you know not exactly cryptic comments, but uh, we all like a comeback story, right? We all like to forgive those who transgress. Um, is there a point though where you don't let him back in? He's got to prove himself, or where he shouldn't be let back in. He, 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 As he a, could argue, according to what Britain said, there's no place for that. And well, I think what Britain really was saying is that he better step up. All right, and, sometimes you, you can't choose your teammates, and there's no place for that on or off the field. Right. That to me sounds like he. I don't think he should be playing. What it sounds like to me is that what really happened was far worse than what's been reported. Right. Yeah. And, well, there's more. And, that's the thing. There's more I, reports coming out now about not and, only at the I think it was a fundraiser for CC Sabathia's foundation. It was CC Sabathia's. And, and, and it was somebody's wife that took her in. And uh, yes, and, I mean the the I think it was the Athletic was uh, mm-hmm. reporting that she was hiding in a closet. And uh, called uh, whoever this other player's wife, and they actually went over there to get her. And her mom was just uh, out of control. So he's drunk. He's drunk and out of control. And there's no excusing it. And I think, but he's paid his time. And I don't think it's Zach Britton's. I think I'd much rather see Zach Britton be able to close a fucking game than <laughs> than tell what's right and what isn't right in, yeah, in, well, in yeah. sports. And I, 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 appreci- I, and I appreciate him speaking up. I think her mom's going to have a hard time getting back into this rotation. And I, I do think it sounds like that, you know, look, he should be there. If, if it wasn't for this incident, he would be in their starting rotation, probably number three. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe the Yankees are sort of allowing their players to, to do some of the PR work for them that they don't want to necessarily have to do. Right. Well, here's, here's, here's my, one of my questions is, I mean, are there, are there things that you can do that you just don't get to come back from? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ray Rice, right? Right. 
I think there's is a this, lot. Of, is this, isn't this I, worse than what Ray Rice did? Is it? I mean, is it worse than what Michael Vick did? Is it worse than what OJ sent? I mean, OJ's obviously did, well, did it afterwards, but I mean, is it? I don't know. So, I, I I don't know the the details. Of this it's obviously, um, yeah. I think I think players every once in a while do draw the line. Right. Yeah. Look, you know, without, is, without knowing the exact details of everything that went on step-by-step step the entire time or anything that transpired before or after, whatever it was, the specific incident, and I'm not saying I condone it at all, please, right. but the specific incident, uh, you know, the, 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 the general incident, I should say, um, uh, which we call it, has happened to other players who have come back already. So right. there's precedent. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, he should be thrown out of baseball. I'm not taking that point of view. I'm just I'm – just, Curious about what your thoughts are because obviously it it does have something to do with how good the player is, sure. right? We know that. Um, oh yeah, the, if he was if he was a if he was a a, a journeyman, he'd be done. Yeah, he'd you be know. done. And then I, the I other, don't know the, about that. I I think I, depending I, on how good of a journeyman he was, but I, he, I don't think he'd be done. I think I think he got the hard hand of. Uh, I think had he been somebody who was not basically you know a foreign player coming into this league doing what he did i, I, I think he might not have uh, look he, i i'm not saying i'm not saying there's any justification for what he allegedly did right. but it was a pretty heavy you know suspension yeah yeah well, and yeah. obviously there there was but has the, he done the law, the law was he... involved the law was involved major league baseball was involved he has he done has has he dealt with those anger issues? If he has them, you know, has he been, know. you know, um, what's the did, word I'm looking for? Diagnosed do, or or did, 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 do you think he's treated worse than Ben Roethlisberger was? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. No, none of us were there, and and it, these are all unfortunate circumstances that cannot be condoned in any way, shape, or form. But right. it gets back to the bigger question of should your career be terminated for one of these offenses? I don't know the answer to that, but it seems as if it's not always a, 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 the same punishment being yeah. handed across the board. Well, and I and think that's... it's something about his personality too that has some of his teammates a little pissed off about this. It could be. And, and that's a, the other point I wanted to make is that not everything is the same no. thing. No. And I think that's something, quote unquote, good that could come out of this. Look, you, I, I think you could make an argument that this was a horrific event and he ought to be thrown out of baseball for the rest of his life. I think you can also make an argument that, hey, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. It was bad. But as you just said, the punishment's been served and everybody deserves a second chance. Those are both. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what side of that coin I, I come down on, or side of the fence I come down on, or whatever. But I think it is interesting that because there are a lot of things where we've gotten to a point where everything is treated the same, where a guy who grabs a woman's ass uh, could be. Uh, disbarred or or shunned or ostracized or whatever to the same degree as a guy who practically rapes a woman, you know, and 
Again, not that either of those things should be condoned or not. Ah, he just grabbed her ass. That's not what I'm saying. No, but no, not everything is it. the same. And but this is not this is not the first, you know, Yankees domestic. I mean, Araldus Chapman was dealing with right. this just a couple yeah, of years I, ago. I was going to say you're talking about anger issues. You're talking about Araldus Chapman when he was in Cincinnati before he came to uh, before he came to the Yankees. And, and I don't know. I, I should know time. this, but I don't know. Were, was he arrested? Was there any? Was he suspended by the Yankees? Was he suspended by major? I think he was suspended by the Yankees. I don't think, to the best of my knowledge, that there was any um, charges against him. Now, I'm not saying that, again, that doesn't dismiss it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean, mean it didn't happen. Happened. It was just, yeah. But at but some yeah, point. Well, didn't, uh, yeah. was it, is his, it was his wife, right? Yeah. The didn't girlfriend. Her girlfriend. Okay. Didn't she recant? There's no police was report. She- yeah. She, the victim did not call law enforcement. She didn't recant anything. There's no police report from the night of the assault. Okay, it was somebody else I'm thinking of that there. Yeah. There was an incident, and then the girlfriend or the wife said, Oh, no, 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 it didn't actually happen. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a situation. Weird. But um, yeah, I, I I wonder about his uh, like you did you mentioned his personality because I, he's I, having I, these meetings, but you know, again, maybe the the Yankees are would rather just keep quiet about it and not have people spouting off about whether they're you know quote unquote on his side or not like like kind of Britain is doing. But you I, know I don't I don't hear a bunch of his teammates going, yeah, he seems like a changed man and he served his time and I'm fine. He's a good I don't, teammate. Other than Britain, I don't see I don't hear anything. Nobody's saying, yeah, you know that's what? my point. Nobody's I, I saying get, anything. I gotta be honest. If you know knowing the Yankees. Uh, and their track record and what they what they would do. I, I I can't believe that if there were going to be, you know, foreseen issues with him coming back with all the players and uh, based on what he did and everything else, then I, I I can't see them not, you know, doing something about it, cutting ties, you know, right. trading him, uh, something, something. But the Yankees are yeah. also known as much, if not more so, than any other team in sports history of policing themselves mm-hmm. that's part of the Yankees. that's what i'm saying i think his suspension came from the yankees and not major league baseball yeah. i think the minute the shit happened i think the yankees said you're done you're out Go i could be wrong in that but my memory of this well, is was that an 80 it never it? even got to the the yankees said this is it so uh, yeah it was without it was a, a police suspension. report without any sort of charges being made this was you know the Yankees' decision to right, to, but you but right, but apparently you also had players that were at that charity. Sure, <clears throat> excuse me, and they witnessed. Him That's what I mean. Him. So no. to John's point, I think this was an inside judgment. Right. Call so it wasn't was right. Police. Like in other words, Major League Baseball could say, "Well, there were no charges filed, and we're not really sure what happened." And uh, actually, I saw a story today that there was actually a league official that saw it too. Right. And so now there's some question about well, why didn't Major League Baseball do anything? Look, the Yankees, but the Yankees, the Yankees knew, have had this they knew what happened, and there, they said, "Yeah, we saw it, and we have to do something." I mean, there, there it wasn't domestic violence, but there was. There's been issues back in the day with CC Sabathia when he was drinking. Uh, yep. There's obviously been issues with the Raldis Chapman. There's in, issues with with Herman. This isn't only a Yankees issue. This is an issue that is per, permanent in society, and. Maybe, just maybe, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe it exists in certain ways because in some parts it is not frowned upon as much as it is in others. Right. And that's all I'm going to say. There you go. Well, I think societies change at a different rate. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, um, 
Yeah, the, I mean the the uh, it, it's the a when in Rome Zach rule. Brit the, Zach Britton's perspective on things is probably a little different than Domingo Herman's. They should be the same, and they should be held to the same standard. But right. they're coming from two two different life experiences. Yeah, right. and the the when in Rome rule doesn't you know not everyone applies that the same. No. Right. Oh, yeah. no. Um, speaking of uh, pitchers, uh, Severino, uh, he's had five starts since 2019. Um, none uh, since the beginning of 2019. Uh, he had none last year. Yankees say he'll be back in July. Uh, he hopes sooner. What do you think? I think if, if it, it dip, the Yankees have Garrett Cole and a bunch of question marks, the pitcher should just go out there without a number and just a question mark, like the Riddler on the back of their jersey. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like a guy whose arm fell off two years ago, who's 38. We'll give him a one year contract. Maybe <laughs> he was a Cy Young winner in 1963. Sure. You know, uh, Severino's probably, if he's healthy or any even near what he was two years ago, he's number yeah, two. You're, he's number two. He's number two. Yeah, Herman might be three. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it is. Or if they could both be out, of, it, it, there's so many question marks. Well, maybe the with Yankees, this Yankees pitching staff, maybe the Yankees are going to do. I mean, you know, granted, they got decent fielders behind them, but I was just going to make a, an analogy. Maybe they're going to look at the uh, the Nets uh, take on things and just score a lot of runs, and it doesn't matter what the other team scores. There's never been a team that has won with in Major League Baseball without pitching. Right. The, uh, it, it is always the case. The team that has the better pitching always wins. Always. Yeah. This is true. This is true. But if they score 37 runs a game. And then are up 37 <laughs> to 28 and bring in, and bring in Araldis Chapman. Yeah. And games are six hours Wait. long every night. Well, and then they tie it. And then you got Zach Britton fucking with a 27 pitch at bat to, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel so comfortable about it. <laughs> yeah. Why not? What the hell? Rather see a 48 year old Andy Pettit fucking starting. There you go. Uh, to wrap up baseball, I just wanted to uh, say this to it. On uh, you mentioned Mike Trout earlier. Uh, Mike uh, Trout uh, recently was quoted as saying, "Missing the playoffs every year is weighing on me." So, yeah, well, I think I think he's uh, pulling a Russell Westbrook. Or Russell, well, Russell he, Wilson. Russell Wilson. The Angels haven't exactly done right by him, and no. I would imagine that. Um, Major League Baseball is kind of saying the same thing because I'm sure they would love for Mike Trout to have some more any postseason exposure. Sure. But, but Trout, great, great Trout, the not just Trout, for Trout is, but the league. Trout is sort of an example, though, mm. of his contract sort of puts the Angels, who are always going to be in the shadow of the, the Dodgers, Dodgers sure. in a, a, a situation where they can't really build the team around him without it being young people coming up through the draft, through their farm system, and maybe getting some because they don't guys have the money on the to spend a ton of money in the no, because he's yeah. not. So if Mike Trout goes somewhere else, no one's who's going to take that salary right now. Dog I mean, the Mets might, <laughs> the Mets might, but uh, but other than that, I don't see anybody else willing. I don't even see the Yankees biting on that. No, they can't. You and can't. the other thing too is it that it would have Trout, to be restructured, and it would have to be. They would have to eat a little of it. And how many more years is Mike Trout going to be the best player in baseball? And is he still the best player in baseball? Mm -hmm. I would argue maybe not. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, he's 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 one of the best players in well, baseball. I, he's in I, the top five. Is he still number one? I'd say he is. 
But, Until he's not at the end of this season, then I think he is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's see. Um, uh, $35 million this year. Mm-hmm. Base salary. Which, which doesn't, which seems like a lot, but it's. That's 35, 35, 35, 35 through 2030. How much is uh, <clears throat> Stanton making on the Yankees? 20 something. 24, <laughs> 25. Is Mike another, Trout worth ten another million 10 more? Years, yeah. another ten years, years at of thirty-five million. million yeah, three hundred fifty <laughs> million dollars, and we're talking about ten years, three twenty for Lindor, and Mike Trout's getting more than that already. Mike Trout's going to be thirty, so in five, seven more years from now, when he's thirty-seven, he'll still have three years. It'll, of it'll, million it'll, it'll be a steal. Absolutely, pick up the rest of that contract. Why the hell not? Um, which McCall? Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> What's it's Giancarlo a, making? What is John Carlo making? 29, 29, 32, 32, 32. Yeah, so my point is my my, my chat's worth it. 2027, you get him for a bargain of 25 million for. God, that was the 27 and 28. Dumbest signing ever. Just just a quick thing. Um, uh, Tatis Jr., uh, was it a 14 year deal at that money? Yeah. Once he's done with that contract. And he's made all of that money. He'll be 40. Bobby Bonilla is still going to get another check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, Got to love it. Yeah. Got to love it. All right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, all right. Now, so now now look at this contract by comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, he's got ridiculously no- low numbers starting out. Who's that? You know? Tatis. Oh, Tatis. Okay. Oh, you're comparing that. Yeah, it's like 11 million, 11 million. And then when you get up 2024, 11 million, 2025, 2020, then 25 and 25. Then it jumps up in 2029 to 36 and 36. So he's just going to make more and more. He gets older and over. 2034, he'll, let's see, one. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. Last six years of the contract, he's uh, thirty-six million. I mean, you, you talked, you joked about Trout going to the Dodgers. If Trout did go to the Dodgers, you would have three of the top four players in baseball on the Dodgers in their outfield. In their yeah, 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 you would. Um, and you know, it's think think about that though. Think now, you're talking about six, the last six years of Tatis Junior's contract. He's making thirty-six million. You said. Yeah. All right. Think about 14 years from now what $36 million a year is going to be mm-hmm. in a contract. Right. Well, and again, if you look at the average, it's 24, 24 and change, mm-hmm. which, you know, and he's 22 years old now. 22. So you figure when, how, you know, look, he could be productive, right? He'll be Let's 22 say, this year. I think at some point this year is 20, turns yeah. 22. So he could be productive, seriously productive for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. at least. Years. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to, that, that average set, in other that words, contract, you're going to, that contract is going to be, yeah, if he, you know, barring any injuries or anything else, most of that contract, he's going to be very productive. He's the new Mookie Betts. Yeah, Although Mookie Betts, get, and they Mookie ended that contract Betts is ranked steal. as the third best player in baseball, and and, and Tatis is ranked thirty second. Mm-hmm. Right, but I mean, this is not a this is not a deal where 
you're you're giving them a shitload of money and you you're going to win in the next two or three or four years and then yes you're going to pay him a lot of money but you're going to get your championships now and then he's going to be old and he's got years and years before he becomes old and worn out and so maybe that San, and maybe San 20, Diego can win one during right, his 14 or season. two but you know? does he become the next Mike Trout uh, San Diego seems to have it lined out better where they might be able to put a better team around them than they can in Anaheim or right. whatever the, the hell they are now, California, uh, LA, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, here's the, I'm the dating myself. The California difference: Angels, yeah. Trout's average salary is thirty-five million. Stanton's twenty-five, and Tatis is twenty-four. Yeah. So that's the biggest difference, and so that so, extra that, ten million a year it makes a big difference as far as what else you can do with your yeah, team. Yeah, and, and Trout and and uh, and uh, Tatis can play, can catch a baseball. This is true. Yeah, this is true. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton is the dark cloud hanging over the Yankees. Right? Remember when that deal went through and there were so many people going, "Oh, Derek Jeter still working for the Yankees." <laughs> maybe he should just go. Maybe he should just take his adopt his old name back. Get rid of Giancarlo. Go back to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the the, re, the middle reliever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the Dodgers are the team to beat still. It pisses me off, but they're the team to beat. Uh, yeah, yeah, but hopefully true. they'll have some competition. And hopefully... Uh, hopefully In their division. Yeah. Right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's not, not going to be from the Rockies. Not, it's not going to no. be the Rockies. No, yeah. it's not. So, well, anyway, that uh, that should wrap up MLB. Uh, quick NFL note. Uh, Jets. Uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, with the Jets. Maybe too uh, much talk. Maybe maybe a little too much, but uh, back and forth. Trade Sam Darnold, pick a quarterback with number two. Keep Sam Darnold. He's still a good commodity. Bop, 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 bop. What'd you take? And we'll start with Pete since you're the you're the uh, uh, token Jets fan here. I think Sam Darnold has yet to be put in a position, a good position where he can succeed, and I think he still has a that. chance to be a very good quarterback. Uh, I'm. I don't. I'm not sold on anyone but Trevor Lawrence as the savior for the Jets coming out in the draft. Uh, you know, I agree, but Zach Wilson, I think is 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 a good quarterback. I think I think you draft Zach I, Wilson and you I, see who's better. I think they're all good quarterbacks. Um, I, it, to me, bringing in Salah and Lafleur, it looks like they're perfect guys to bring the kind of offense that um, that Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Bradford Darnold. That Bradford Darnold should flourish in. So your and... your your point is basically you could bring Johnny Unitas back, and no, he's not. No, no quarterback's going to be able to perform with this current talent that's surrounding them on the Jets. Well, I I think uh, well, yeah, but but you but you also have to you know, I don't think the talent is all that terrible, and yeah. I don't think you have to you know go to the you Super Bowl. Dark Darnold got Darnold got. Yeah, he got. I, I think he's got a lot in the tank, and I mean, he Jets, was he does he does he was making the kind of rookie mistakes that you make because you're trying to do he's trying to do too much. He's because, trying to do too much because of what's in front of him. The the Jets know. have a long history of screwing quarterbacks' careers up. They the do. Cons yeah. The consensus is though that Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. That that's if you really look at at the so called experts. Who are they? They are saying that 
his upside far exceeds Sam Darnold's yeah, upside. If, if, if Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold both came out in the same draft three years ago, Zach Wilson would have been the one to take for the Jets, not Sam Darnold. You know, the Jets, uh, obviously, you know, they didn't take uh, – who, who was picked after him? You know, Josh Allen was picked after Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson was picked after Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson was picked at the number 32 pick. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you uh, can't blame the Jets for that. You can't. Lamar no, no, Jackson no, you, you, you can't. You can't. You and can't. that had a lot to do with where he was picked. Uh, well, you know what, though? I mean, you, just I don't going, know about going off of the, going no, off of the talent, did. though. It had something to do with it. Going off of the talent, though. Because um, already, already he didn't now have the pen. He didn't dartle much like Mark Sanchez. They just they came with so much hype around them. They did. They did. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, but Sanchez, Sanchez really didn't deserve that hype. No. no. Not sure Darnold did either. But the bottom line he, he is deserved they more than them. probably not as much as he got, but but yeah. that's the media. They're you know, everyone's of course. For and where they play, and now they you know same and where they play. So they deserve a little Lawrence. more than Sanchez. The bottom line is the bottom line is if Zach Wilson this year's Zach Wilson was in that twenty eighteen draft. He would have been, uh, he would have been picked or should have been picked. He would have been, yeah, rated, but he was rated higher but, than. But you know, Wilson, Wilson is sort of shot up when 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 the season was over. He was not even projected in the top ten, and now he's being projected at number two. Right. So yeah, everybody loved Josh Fields before the national championship game, and now I'm reading about well, he can't get really get past his first read. You know, so I mean, it's it's yeah. In that game, look at the games before that. Well, he, he had a great game against uh, the game before the championship game, obviously one of the best games ever. He could say the say the same thing about Trevor Lawrence. He beat Trevor Lawrence. Like granted, he wasn't playing defensive back against Trevor Lawrence, but it's the same thing with Tua, you know, back in the day. I, I don't know. What's his who who's the quarterback that went to uh, the Redskins from Ohio State who, you know, the Jersey kid who uh, who everybody was thinking the the, the, the Giants should have taken ahead of uh, Daniel Jones. There's a lot of guys whose college careers look really good, but you have to trust these NFL scouts and what they're able to say about, is this guy really ready for the NFL? I knew Joe Burrow was ready for the NFL. I thought Joe Burrow was a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. He may still be. What I what I think, unfortunately, when you get picked by a lot of these teams, you are then subjected to what happened to Joe Burrow. Who knows if he's even going to come well, back? Yeah, the next best year. players always go to the crappiest teams. I just I don't have as much confidence in you know those other guys coming out of the draft um, as a lot of other people do. I, yeah. And I think I think the organization is building it in a situation where anybody could succeed, I guess. But it's almost a perfect situation for Sam Darnold. I don't mm-hmm. think he's beaten down. He's a competitor. I think he still has the skills. He just needs to be. Let, let, let me frame the let me frame the question the other way, and sort of reiterate what you're saying. If the Jets could get, let's look at it. It's two different things. Let's say the Jets could get a second and a third round pick, or even maybe a late first round pick, conditional first round pick for Sam Darnold, and then draft Zach Wilson. Does that change your opinion about Sam Darnold? Uh, I would say I'd ha- I'd also want to know what they can get for the second pick. Mm-hmm. I'd have to see what other you know what can they turn that into. Yeah, because you're right; it's not just a new coach and a new regime that's going to fix Sam Donald. You've got to put pieces around him. Sure, and I think that second pick can go a long way towards that. Yeah. But I'd have to mm-hmm. see what they get. But I see what you're saying, and I agree. That's not it's not a bad strategy. I'm not saying that drafting a quarterback no. is the worst thing that they could do. Sure. I'm just saying I. 
I'd like to see Sam Donald get another chance. You've got him in hand. I mean, there's he a lot experienced. There's a lot of teams looking at that are just begging to try to get a middle of the road quarterback yeah. to come play for them. And look, yeah. that, that's what all the the, the, Bron- the Broncos chatter is. Gee, do we have a chance at Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. Right. You know, right. I mean, that, that's yeah, that's I mean, sort of the reality in a lot of places right now. I'd yeah, if. if you can find somebody, yeah, you get that, whatever the magic number for what that first round pick would have to be. I, for I think Sam Donald, you'd have to consider it, sure. I think that the Jets are a lot smarter than the team that, that shares their stadium with them about at least being open to the possibility. Right. Yeah. Because and, the, and Giants, be... the Giants are not due to stubbornness, and yeah. we're going to be stuck with Daniel Jones, who, look, I hope Daniel Jones wins four Super Bowls, but I know he won't. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be another 10 years of Daniel Jones. But I wouldn't so, be, I mean, I wouldn't be heartbroken if Sam Donald goes somewhere else. I feel the but, same way. I, I, I don't, he, he's a lot like Carson Wentz. I think there's a lot of similarities in that they might be able to get like, you know, Wentz, you got a second and a third that the third or the second could become a late first based on, you know, a conditional based on playing time. I don't think the Jets can get that for, Darnold, but I think they can get something close to that. Right. right. And it seems like draft picks are currency that is invaluable in today's NFL. And, and so right. if you can, and, and the Jets have a bunch of them already. They do. And that's and the, you, that's their capital. Right. But if you could take that second pick and turn it into even more picks, right. you know, then you would think, well, well, now we can well, put some uh, now uh, we can uh, put some tools around. Let, let me ask the other question. If the Jets could get Deshaun Watson, do you even care what happens to Sam Darnold? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, no. I. <laughs> I don't care if he Houston wants you know what? Sam Darnold would be a great backup. Yeah. He'd be yeah, a great and if, if Houston wants him, you send him there. If Houston doesn't want him, you keep backup. him as a backup, or you can still trade him for a first round pick. Uh, if you know, but I would keep him as a backup. He'll but. be the he'll be the Kevin Knox of uh, of the Jets, a first round pick that sits on the bench. There you right. go. Uh, speaking of uh, Carson Wentz, real quick, uh, I forget the receiver's name who won't give up his number eleven. Oh yeah, uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That tells uh, you that tells you what he thinks about Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> if I were Carson Wentz, though, I think I would just take a new number. New team, new number. I'd be like, you know what? It's a whole new start for me. That's fine. You know. I mean, isn't Carson like maybe Wentz... take number 12? Just Michael one Pittman number Jr. Higher. Yeah, Pittman. Yeah. Pittman, yeah. Who's the, who is the quarterback for the Bears and the Broncos? Isn't Carson Wentz just the new version of, of him? Uh, nah, oh, uh, Nobody liked him. Quarterback Osweiler? Yeah. No, before before that, uh, he was a, actually a decent quarterback. But he, you know, he Orton. Oh, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. There you Cutler, go. Cutler. No. <laughs> I mean, he sort of reminds me. It's the same thing. Nobody likes him. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I, I, yeah. If you do a statistical analysis, Jay Cutler wasn't that bad. No. no he just was a decent quarterback. Actually, he's he just had an a, ass. He just had a face you wanted. He to punch. just had a face that you wanted to punch. Yeah. Carson Wentz sort of reminds me of that. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Knicks lost by eight. Knicks lost so, by eight. So they 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 just can't seem to uh, get to five hundred. But no, no, they're 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 starting five uh, minus twenty one minus twenty one minus eighteen minus twenty two minus twenty one. Right. <laughs> so they're and, not quite and, ready and to. Not, they're not ready for the big boys yet. Not ready Kevin, for prime time players. Kevin Knox, Austin Rivers, and Frank Nicolita. 
again, did not get up off the bench. Did not off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, but they're. Uh, I mean, we're, well, we're ha- almost halfway, right? We're almost at the halfway point. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Uh, on the cusp of it. So. Right. Not right now. We're at the halfway now. Right. Yeah. So we're, give uh, you know give whatever another ten games and. I mean, is it? They need time, right? Yeah. How I mean, many of these guys have played before? Maybe by the time there's five or eight games left. How many of the guys on the Knicks that actually play have ever actually played before together before? No, I, no, I think this is a great improvement. I will say this: if if the if the if the Wizards go in and beat the Clippers back to back with the Lakers tonight, I, I think you got to start to say maybe they're on a heater. Maybe there's maybe maybe there's something to to Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook playing yeah. together. I mean, yeah. they're 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 beating they're beating the. Uh, the Clippers right now, so it's uh, it's interesting. Know. That's fourteen nine Clippers, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that shakes <laughs> out. Still, still early. Still yeah. early. A little bit. Still early. Well, mm-hmm. look, the Clippers only lost because of Doc, right? We know that. That's right. It was all Doc Rivers' fault, and oh, and the Sixers Doc. are winning despite him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the take. Well, Doc yeah. Rivers finally found a guy to build a team around that was from his era. You know, he, he's like, there's, there's one guy in the NBA who kind of looks like a like an actual center. Give him to me. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll make something out of my point guard that couldn't hit the side of a barn with a beach ball, you know. And they have yeah, similar voices. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> both, they, both, they both sound like they need a, a lozenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that uh, it? Quick, uh, quick NHL. Oh, though. God. Oh, hockey, hockey, yeah. Hockey, you know, that's another sport there. How about uh, those devils? You hear about, uh, no, yeah, look at Artemi Panarin? No. Uh, yeah, what, this is, this is bullshit, right? This is just Russian bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he uh, Artemi Panarin came out, you know, he, he doesn't like Putin, he doesn't like some of the politics that go on over in Russia, and apparently a former coach uh, of Panarin's in Russia he, I thought you were going to say he got stabbed by Ted Cruz. It's alleging <laughs> that he that uh, Artemi Panarin beat an 18 year old girl in 2011. Yeah. Uh, now there's no report of it or anything else. The only person, right. no no girls come forward or anything. The only person that has said it is this former coach of Artemi Panarin's. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it Panarin's saying it's a completely fabricated story. He's taking um, a leave, though, right? Because Makes he's sense. outspoken in his regarding his politics, yeah. And, but, yeah, there's no victim. The coach is the only one. Um, but he fears for his family's safety, so he's taking a little family. He's taking a leave of absence, and he's going, you know, to, to deal with his family uh, over there right now. So Yeah, and and so, I don't know if I'd – I, I think he's going to try to go get them and come back here. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm – He sure might not be coming back. Yeah, it's probably yeah. what he's going to try to do. But, you know, get him out without going there, maybe. Uh, who knows? But he's, he's taking a leave of absence from the team to deal with this. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, just an odd, odd, odd story. Yeah, you know? on the uh, the Michael K show, they said, well, you know, what's next? Is it, is is there going to be a girl who comes forward? And my thought was that is exactly what will be next. They will mm-hmm. not because there's a girl that he beat up or whatever he's accused of, but because they will threaten someone. Bless you. Yeah, they will threaten someone into fabricating a story because that's mm-hmm. you know that's how it works. Sure. sure. So uh, yeah, I. I, I we may have seen the last of him if he if he actually goes back into Russia and not a border country and maybe tries to get his family out from there. He may never come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They can just let they 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 they, they may not let him out. No. Yeah. They may not, yeah, no, Trumped up charges. They'll here. throw him in jail. That's it. That's I mean, it, look so. what uh, who's the um, 
Goddamn communist sports. Well, you know. So, but in any event, that's the uh, that's the uh, latest on that. They're uh, across the uh, league uh, right now. The uh, Rangers sit uh, in oh uh, sixth place in the East. <laughs> so. Yeah, kind of. The, kind de- of back the Devils back. lost to Buffalo. De- Devils, Devils lost behind, to Buffalo four to one. Devils are behind the Rangers. Uh, yeah, six and six and Sabers are pulling up the uh, the rear there. Um, Islanders are up there, but uh, Bruins are are you know have the uh, they have the most points, uh, twenty uh, twenty four points there. But that's right. Boston but, and Toronto. Let's go old school. Boston, Mon- Boston and Toronto, Montreal and uh, you know. Yeah, why not? There you go. Well, Vegas is on top. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas is, is Vegas is it's going to be Vegas and Tampa Bay, you know, two places where ice melts oh, Panthers the highest are, uh, rate. Panthers are playing uh, good hockey yeah. now too. So, um, yeah. There you go. And yeah, Vegas is up there and and Toronto's yeah, run away with the uh, North right now. So, we'll see how that shakes out, but the uh, Ma- Maple Leafs up. Maple Leafs still have the best record in hockey. Yeah. Uh, Penguins are 10 and 6. Penguins are 10 and 6. So there we go. So they're, you know, they're in it. 21 points. Yeah, they're just ahead of the Islanders. They're tied with the Islanders. Tied with the Islanders. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I really... I still think Brian Trottier and Mike Bossy's line is the best in hockey. There you go. Today. Today. Huh? Today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it today or was it yesterday? No, it's today. Uh, today. Yeah. 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 So, well, there well you that's go. an interesting question. Is that so... <laughs> Is that the greatest moment in American sports history? What? The the, the miracle the, on ice. Probably. Uh, I mean either that or the uh you know, Tanya Harding. <laughs> well, that's the most embarrassing greatest moment. I mean, it's the second greatest moment in in winter. But if you, winter yeah, Olympics. I mean if you think about it, I mean, it's it's hard because it was a long time ago, but It was a long time ago, but yeah. The, I it was that was something. I mean, that captured everybody was watching sure. that, whether uh, you yeah. were a hockey fan or not. Absolutely. I mean, you were yeah. an American. You were watching. You knew what was going on. You, you, were... you know, there's there's maybe five moments in sports that I can say were were definitive to me, and that one certainly shoots to the top. the The only ones that were as exciting was Bucky Dent's home run. Um. Scott Norwood's missed field goal, and maybe Reggie Jackson's three home run game. I, 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 what about Aaron Boone's home run? Yeah, well, it was to me that was. I mean, I was a kid with Bucky Dent listening to it on the radio, you sure. know. Yeah, because my mother took my sister to a doctor's appointment, so I couldn't watch it. And I don't even think it was. And same same thing with the with the Miracle on Ice. It was on tape delay, so I was listening to it on the radio. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the Miracle on Ice is without a doubt the greatest moment. And yeah, it's, I, 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 yeah. it's got to be. I'll throw one more in there. Those are all great uh, moments, but I'll throw one more in there uh, for you. Um, Mookie Wilson's dribbler through uh, Buckner's legs. Yeah, yeah, and 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 people that are a little older will say the Ali Frazier fights because there was a there was a cultural component to that, and everybody was listening to that. Uh, you know, on the radio, it wasn't on television. But it was, you know, and I think it was kind of doc. It's been documented in some TV shows and other things. But that was also a moment that that was, I think, yeah. trans- transformational. And the fact that you didn't have to be a sports fan or even understand boxing to just sort of be in. It was a moment. It was an event, right? That um, everybody, 
was tuned into. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, it's 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 hard because when you talk about baseball or uh, you know uh, the Super Bowl, there's obviously there's the, those you know those are local teams and there's a mm-hmm. national appeal to it, but not the same kind of national appeal of the U.S. Olympic yeah. hockey. Team well, and we don't or, and we don't have the sort of national teams in some countries that's all they had i mean when you were when you right, go, right. go back even 20 years for, ago you only had the russian hockey team you didn't have ovechkin playing for the washington you know capitals yeah you 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 didn't you know you didn't have you know local team you didn't you know the cuban national team playing in the in the olympics was the biggest thing for those countries so for us we i think the national teams because we've had so much so much Pro sports here have always been diluted, but we've never been a hockey country. And the fact that we were still a, a, a bunch of college guys, a bunch of amateurs playing on yep. a team sure. that was severely underrated uh, and underdogs, then yeah, it, the, well, the, I, I, the story is just you. you yeah, you if there had been pros on that team, there had been right. pros on that team, it wouldn't have been the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the the dream team for as wonderful as that was, it would have been the, it would have been the equivalent of like Lithuanian college kids beating the dream team. Right, right. It really, it really is. I mean, people, I make that analogy. People go, no, no. The, the, that Russian team was the, was arguably the best hockey players and the best team in the world by it far. Was. It was, yeah, it was, and they were beat by a bunch of. College kids, now, yeah. and the, the fact that none of them really went on to become stars in the NHL—it was just—it was a moment, and and that's what makes it pretty spectacular. Amazing, amazing. It was. All right. Well, well. On that note, we and, and it happened on our soil, and it happened on our soil. Yeah. So that was, and, yeah. And, and and it was it was also did it happen or was it like the moon landing? It was the yeah, right. Uh, and, it, and, and it was a, Kubrick, and it wasn't even it wasn't even the championship game. It wasn't even no, the, it wasn't well, even the gold had, medal they, round. Right. It was the it was the it was the Silver. semifinals. Yeah, they had a win against uh, Sweden, In Finland, Finland, there Finland. Yeah, same, but, uh, same place, same difference. <laughs> Sweden, Finland, Norway. One's yeah. got one's got better fish. There you go. Do they? This is true. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure better fish than Sweden. Lake Placid, New York. Come on, maybe no one better fish than Sweden. I know Finland's got better fish than Sweden. No, Finland's got fish. It was Finland, the Finland that they beat, or Sweden? It was Finland. It was Finland. So yeah, they beat Russian uh, semifinals and they beat Finland in the finals. But uh, yeah, no, you're right though. It was uh, for for that national esque uh, type of a type of a win. Um, I'd like to to your point, Pete. Uh, you know, all, all of these points we brought up are all local. You know, and and they're going to be important to some people around the country, but not everybody as a whole. Yeah, um, I mean, every everyone who's a football fan is going to be watching the Super Bowl, right? And even if it's not your team, you're probably you're going to pick one team or the other, right? No, sure. No one sure. who's a real fan goes, I don't care who wins, as long as it's a good game. Shut the fuck up, get out of here, right? Exactly. You know, you're you're going to have a rooting interest if you're exactly. a fan. I think, right. But, yeah, and, um, and it even but it's different even, when it's you know. yeah, and I and other the other moments that I remember on an international stage weren't necessarily about Americans. I mean, Carl Lewis, yeah, but I mean, I remember Nadia Comaneci before I remember like you know the U.S. I would also say the other event that comes close was the first U.S. women's soccer team with the what's her name taking her shirt off. That that is yeah. right up there. Uh, Mia Hamm. No, Brandy, Brandy, Brandy Chesney. Brandy Chesney. Brandy Chesney. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now Mia did not show her hands. Me, me. Yeah, but of course, you Mia know, that's been uh you know, they're like I think they're the most successful international team this country yeah. ever had, and, right? Without and, a doubt. They get no and they're still they're still fun to watch. But I mean, you know. Yeah. But they don't get any Jess, Jesse Owens back in, you know, the 36 was probably a big, uh, you know, event. Sure. Um right. I and you know, here they have Brandy Chastain number 4. They got the dream team ahead of her, but I, I think Brandy Chastain's it was ninety nine when that happened? Yeah, you know? yeah, I, yeah. Because I mean, there was there was a lot of backlash against the Dream Team, just from people who thought it shouldn't be the pros. And oh gosh, we lost, and now we've got to change the rules, you know, to go out and prove that we're the best. It, just take your lumps and come back with a better team next year. But yeah, and I was I was amongst those people. You know, I didn't love the Dream Team. I, I thought it was. It, it I didn't give it. I didn't give a shit. Should have been an amateur competition. Right. Yeah. yeah. For years it always was. Why do it that why change it up? Right. Well, and it became completely anticlimactic. And sure. beating the shit out of the rest of the world who doesn't have nearly the same level of development in basketball, the same structure, you know, it's just not going to produce teams that are as good as Michael Jordan and the best pros. You know what I mean? It was completely unfair. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. to me, it, it just kind of destroyed the it was predictable. Oh, we're going to win. That's not a source of pride. Well, there's not as many people willing to do it anymore. And and our current teams, which are still made up of NBA superstars, have a harder time winning yeah. winning these championships. Well, and the rest of the world is caught up. In the rest of the world and it's caught up. up. There's a lot more development. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, look how many with, when, with when, all when the Gasols the, with all the Gasols out there. When was the yeah all the Gasols <laughs> themselves could make up a team and a half? When was the first dream team? Ninety uh, two. 92. Yeah, so and how many foreign-born players were actually playing in the NBA at that point right. versus now? Sure. Well, not now as they're on every now. team. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like for a while there only the Nets drafted the foreign-born players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, from, yeah. from Slovakia or Lithuania or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now that worked out. All right. Top 10 players from the US uh from the Miracle on Ice team. <laughs> Top 10 players in the Miracle on Ice team. There you go. Right? It's a hard one. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to work well, on How many players were on the team? <laughs> 10. 12? <laughs> probably, probably 20. Uh, yeah. right. no, we'll pick them. We'll, we'll pick them. We'll figure it out. All yeah. right. On that note, folks, we'll wrap it up for today. Uh, we want to thank everybody for watching. And for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.logaroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday. Today's special. Just we did it on a Tuesday. Not next week. Not normally. But every Wednesday at 730. For those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds, and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great week. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all of the sports you watch. Uh, and we will talk to you soon, folks. Take care, guys. Cheers. We're lasting in podcasting. <laughs> Swishing and dishing and signing off. Tuesday and then... Tuesday and Wednesday and Newsday. Please end it. Throws her a great by George.